Hello guys and girls, and welcome to episode 162 of the F-Reality Podcast. Get your slippers on, get your hot water bottle out, and get cosy as we discuss this week's top VR news. We're going to be talking about how Oculus shipped out their early Quest 2 dev kits. We give you our thoughts on people getting locked out of their headsets when creating new Facebook accounts. We have some sad news about Lone Echo 2. We'll be discussing the future of VR esports with our special guest Alex from the VR Master League. And to round up the show, Zim's got some new releases for you to look forward to next week. But for now, let me introduce you to the team and find out what's been their highlight of the week this week. And also let us know what you played in the chat so we can read out some of your highlights too. First up to the plate, when this guy is not in VR, he likes to spend his evenings polishing his ProTube. Everyone, say howdy to Rowdy. How you doing, dude? I'm doing I'm doing great, actually, and uh, I'm, I'm happy you brought that up because, indeed, I managed to play around a little bit with my ProTube again on my PC VR headset, uh, mm -hmm. the Quest 2, since I've been experimenting this week a little bit with uh, trying virtual desktop on my, on my, my, you know, my quite powerful laptop. I mean, my laptop is... Uh, uh, has an i7 in there and also has a, a 2060 so it should be able to to run virtual reality uh, but i don't know if you guys remember but back a few months mm -hmm. ago when half-life alex got released and i was fully planning on playing this on my on my laptop um, i realized that uh, since it has a dual graphics card oculus doesn't really play that well together with that i've been also contacting the manufacturer of the laptop to see if i could maybe turn off the internal graphics card but uh, for some reason in the BIOS that was not allowed uh, since it's like a custom laptop and it's not really uh, a popular BIOS system, I guess. Um, so that that wasn't a great success because Oculus, for some reason, kept on using the integrated uh, graphics card instead of the, the 2060 that was in there. So I've been... Uh, playing around this week with uh, trying to get it to work on virtual desktop because virtual desktop very nicely says in the bottom corner which graphic card is being used and it works actually really well so i've been playing uh, onward uh, with that uh, and i've had absolutely no problems uh, with getting into the game uh, well i mean with playing the game the only problem i had was uh, getting into it sometimes because Again, for some weird reason with this laptop, uh, when I booted up the game, sometimes it would just uh, crash the entire laptop. Uh, I haven't really figured out yet why that is, but I'm thinking that it might just be too many peripherals that are attached to the laptop. So I've been like trying like all different kind of things and seeing you know what is causing it uh, for me to just uh, 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 that the that the entire laptop crashes. But I have to say that I was very impressed uh, with the with just the performance of a virtual desktop on the Quest Two. Um, the resolution as well it's 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 mind-boggling to have that kind of resolution wireless uh, in a game like Onward. I'm still f figuring out what are like the best kind of like um, bit rates that I should set for the stream because uh, I'm on a, on a 5G wireless connection, so I, I don't have it. Uh, I mean, my laptop is wireless as well, so I don't have it plugged in. So I need to play around with that a little bit in order not to get too much latency. Mm -hmm. But all in all, it's been a it's been a great experience, and it's been nice to like, you know. I mean, I enjoy the Quest Two, and I like all the games that are on there. But it's been nice to like get back into the PC VR market as well. So I'm looking forward to trying more of that. Nice, nice. And you're right in terms of like, you know, uh, bit rate on virtual desktop. You know, the higher bit rate you put, and I think the maximum with using Quest Two is 150 megabits per second. The higher you increase that, the more latency you're likely to uh, encounter. So, you know, mm. personally, I found a nice middle ground was about 80 megabits per second. Mm. That was kind of a nice yeah. little sweet spot. But your PC so. is wired, of course. So I'm, I'm still, mm. I'm still below that. I'm, I'm going 
I'm, I'm now roughly at 50, but I'm also testing whether that causes my uh, my laptop to crash, if that has something to do with it as well. Yeah. Uh, because it is, a, I mean, it's it's a 2060 card that is in there, but of course it's a it's a, a laptop 2060 card. It's right. not like a PC one. So, uh, you know, the, the things are a little bit different uh, for me to, to, to be able to use that. Yeah, but like playing wirelessly, like playing PC VR wirelessly, there is definitely some magic about that. You know, when you experience mm -hmm. it for the first time, there's yeah, just something sure. so nice about not being tethered to a PC. I, I like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I like that. And, I, and I see people in the chat it. telling me as well that I can use the NVIDIA control panel in order to force uh, Oculus. Uh, that is true. Uh, but for some reason, um, that doesn't always work on my laptop. I mean, it doesn't work on my laptop at all. It still uses the integrated graphics. I mean, it, it uses the, the GPU when I go into the Oculus environment. But when I go into the game, even though all the games are also set into the, the, uh, uh, the NVIDIA card, it automatically switches back to the uh, to the Intel graphics card, which is mm. annoying. Well, hopefully you get your uh, your desktop PC up and running soon enough. Indeed, I'm I'm hoping for Black Friday. <laughs> like, oh I'm yeah, there's some special deals there. It's coming next month, so uh, the mm -hmm. best time to buy or, PC hardware. Yeah, Cyber Monday, even better. Ooh, oh, Cyber Monday. <laughs> <laughs> but good to see that you you know you're keeping well, jumping into some PC VR with Onward and your Pro Tube. Sure. Very nice indeed. Um, next up. This guy is getting so good at flying around on a broomstick that he's going to be soon starting his own Quidditch team. He's a VR wizard, of course. It's Nathy. How you doing? <laughs> hey, thanks, Mike. This is a beautiful and magical intro. Mm. I love it. Totally fits my week, actually. <laughs> it does. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I have some explanation to do, I guess. Um, I um, So I played um, Little Witch Academia. On the Quest 2. Of all the games you can play, I played that one. Um, the, the developers, Universe, they reached out and they wanted to um, sponsor my video. And um, funny enough, I wanted to play this game anyways. When uh, when when I saw the Quest 2 first pop up and, and the games that were going to come to it, uh, this was one, one of the titles that was most interesting to me. I was like, this is kind of funny. You know that I was a big fan of Space Channel 5. I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm down for this one. To just fly on a broomstick and have this this kind of like story to it. Because this this game that, that I'm talking about is based on, on the anime series. Uh, you can watch it on Netflix. Uh, there has also been a movie, apparently. Um, I, I actually had to do research. I had to watch. I had to watch the show on Netflix, but that made the game more fun because I I, I understood better what it was all about. Because um, you know, Little Witch Academia uh, is is one of those games that if you are not into anime or you never watched this show, you have no freaking idea what's going on at all. Makes it also funny, but it's better to just kind of know the background and then be like, hey. But basically, what this game is, it's um, it's like Harry Potter meets Mario Kart meets uh, what is it super uh, Superman 64 that's kind of what it is um, but but for the video I wasn't allowed to say that because usually you know different developers don't like it when you compare it to other other games but I was so tempted to be like hey guys I'm Harry Potter I'm going to Hogwarts let's go and this game is like Mario Kart because what you have to do in this title you have to race against other students because you join this uh, academy as a, as a new student and you have to prove yourself and you have to do that by raising other students um you have to do that by uh, impressing them with the fastest times but also by catching ghosts because there are different missions 
and you need to have a lot of conversations like this game is mainly about having conversations so the better choices you make in the conversations the more friends you make and then with that you get more cash because your students are like hey uh, here's some cash and then you can buy new <laughs> brooms and you can upgrade them too and make them faster and stuff so there is a lot to it um but um yeah, if you, if you play this game from, let's say, the US or from Europe, then it's like a cultural thing as well. It's very Japanese, you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, I'm sure in Japan people are like, this game, man, this is like lit AF. <laughs> so, so so when you earn cash, can you eventually unlock, like, is it the Nimbus 5000? Is that what it is? Oh, the Nimbus 5000? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, I haven't played... <laughs> I haven't played that much yet um, to to figure that out, but uh, <laughs> who knows? Who knows? But yeah, it's definitely like it, you know we're we're so much about Harry Potter that mm. that is like yeah this is Harry Potter. Um, but uh, technically, you could um, tape your. That's what I wanted to do. Tape my controllers to a broom, like one of oh, those wow. ones that you use in the garden, those ugly ones, uh, not like one that actually looks like you know a broom that a witch would use, but something that is more house and kitchen style <laughs> I want to tape it on there and then play it but um, like the position of where your broom is is not like uh, under your because then you have to constantly hold your controls like that and it's not under nice under your what? well under your well you know <laughs> um, so but yeah it's it's a fun game can totally recommend not because I got paid it's a legit fun game but you need to like anime otherwise it, it's not gonna work so yeah. fair enough people in the <laughs> chat were saying uh, Nathy Malfoy <laughs> <laughs> yeah, forgot, I love that. I, 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 I forgot that about that. I forgot about <laughs> yeah, that. you you used to say that. I did. I did. <laughs> but yeah, nice nice little recommendation there. So little witch uh, academia, <laughs> academia exactly. L- oh, little bitch academia. Uh, <laughs> well, that's the, I didn't say that. <laughs> but uh, one more highlight that I have is that sure. I popped up in the Joe Rogan podcast. I saw this. With yeah, nice. My video about the Catwalk Sea. And they were like, whoa, dude, look at this, this is so cool. It's funny that every time people watch that video, they're like, oh, this is amazing. Well, I said in the video that treadmills aren't that great, but <laughs> but but it's like they still enjoy the video. Um, but it's it's great to see uh, see myself popping up and them enjoying the content. Be like, whoa, this is the future, man. Whoa, whoa. So, uh, yeah, there you go. That's awesome. Being being a little uh, clip on the Joe Rogan podcast, like yeah. one of the most popular podcasts yeah. in the world. That, that's incredible. So nice work for that, dude. Yeah, Thank you. Um, Not the most fun podcast, though. Oh, well. well, There's a VR one I heard that's pretty good. Um, But right, next up, this guy is making double denim fashionable again, although only for your VR headsets. (laughs) It's, of course, VR streamer ZimTalk5. How you doing, dude? You all right? Yeah, good, 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 good. I'm glad you guys were able to hold down the podcast while I was away last week. So uh, good to be back. It's always weird. It feels like uh, it's half a month, basically, right? Because it's two weeks break between. So feels feels like a long, long time. Um, It's been good. It's been a crazy uh, two weeks of Quest 2. Just absolutely packing it with that. Enjoying it. Just doing a bunch of crazy things with it. I I just have had so much fun on to my second one now and kind of retired the first Quest 2 just because I've handed it down now to other members of the family. Not that I've broken it, thankfully. Um, but uh, I think one thing I was going to say, just as my my, my main highlight, um, is really just that because I'm a man of my word, I did actually try out this indie game on SideQuest called Custom House Mapper, which we covered two weeks ago on the podcast, which is interesting because like, um, like Tea for God, uh, 
it's one of those apps that has like it has it has a corner that you can see expanding and like it's going to go somewhere like this idea is going to go somewhere so let's explain it so custom house mapper uh, you start off by disabling your guardian system and then you use the replacement guardian system in this app it's on itch for seven dollars or about five pounds um, so you sideload this app and then you basically like an architect map out your entire house but you have to start from a point of reference. So you start from a corner in part of your house and then you start just tracing the walls and the doors and everything else. And that gives you the kind of map of your house. Uh, and then that's it, it's locked in, in place. And you, you spawn like a, it looks like an, like an old Nintendo system, like a console. And you can plug a couple of games into that. <clears throat> One of the games, or the game cartridges, it allows you to texture, map, place objects in your house. So there's couches, there's tables, there's all kinds of things. It's about 200 objects. Um, and then a bunch of different textures. And you can even pop windows in places that they don't exist. And it will light the room or not light the room if you don't put a window in. Um, so that's all fine uh, as it is. But like some of the mini games that they have, um, probably the least interesting of the lot is three-dimensional snake. If anyone had like an old Nokia phone, you'll remember uh, you know, the snake app, and you can play that in your house and your snake is like trying to go through three-dimensional space. It's a bit weird. But a really interesting one, and I can't remember the name of it now, is basically all the walls of your house like are openable sides to a starship and there's uh, an external spacecraft that's firing onto your house and you have to run from like porthole to porthole in your house opening the windows and firing back <laughs> and like that just felt it just clicked a little bell in my head and i was like this is this is something i mean it's a very rough app all 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 said and when you replace the guardian you immediately realize the magic that guardian does for staying in place because this does have some drift it wasn't terrible and every time you start the app again thankfully you don't have to remap your house but there are some limitations so as i said sometimes it gets a little imperfect which can get a little dangerous because, oh, there's a, supposed to be a wall there, but there isn't. It's somewhere else and you, you know, are walking along or whatever. <laughs> uh, and then the other thing is like, again, once you map your space out, one of the limitations that I found was I wasn't able to go downstairs, right? So I think this would work best if you've got what in Europe you'd call like a bungalow, like a single level house uh, or just a, you know, if you had like a studio apartment or something. Uh, but other than that, it was a pretty cool concept. So that was fun. And then... Um, Aside from that, I've just been playing absolutely oodles of Solaris. Solaris is my game of the year for sure. Uh, I burned through, in one night I played like five and a half hours on it. And, wow. Um, I went through one quest two, went to the next quest two, and then I went back to the quest one. And I'll tell you, that experience, uh, more than anything else, taught me how poor now Solaris looks on quest one compared to quest two. Like, it is, it's the biggest gap in headsets that I think I've experienced from one... Uh, version of a of a game port of a game let's say to another wow. and it was totally un, like surprising even to with, with a game where, like that with like where visuals yeah. are not necessarily the leading thing yeah i mean it's so it's aliased it's uh you've got the screen door i mean on on quest one it just is not a pretty looking game uh, whereas now the solaris patch that they pushed midweek makes the quest to build look like the pc game and if you haven't tried it it's visceral. It's amazing combat. And I've uh, I, I met loads of great teams of people. So just a shout out to everybody who I met over the last week because uh, it's great when you get a team of four people. You just start rolling 
and it's it's been my VR crack for this week. Uh, I'm intrigued. Have you um, have you tried using the um, SideQuest 90 hertz unlock method with uh, the update for Solaris? Is it running at 90 hertz yet? Everyone's asking me that. Um, I haven't yet. I haven't okay. done that trick. But it is an interesting thing that you can unlock that mode through SideQuest. Um, yeah. So I, I don't know the answer if Solaris can run at 90 yet. Yeah, it's interesting because I haven't really done any real side-by-side comparisons yet. I haven't really played that many enhanced Quest 2 titles yet. So... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm looking oh, forward nice. to jumping back into Solaris and, yeah, and checking yeah. it out. Like I've, I've I've tried a few, but they're like I mean they're they're quite uh, everything that's been patched for Quest Two makes it then feel like desktop. Like that's wow. the cool. That's it. Like everything from Arizona Sunshine to I mean you can still see the textures and stuff, but I'm talking about like the aliasing, the kind of sense of like super sampling. Oh, you, you mean it's, think it's, it was possible it, it's like on a, a, on a mobile headset? It plays headset. like a PC VR headset. You mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It it, it well, plays, technically it, feels it is a PC like... VR headset, but I, I I get what you what you're saying here. Yeah, it's it's, it's amazing what they've done. I, I absolutely can't wait for Quest Three now. You know, it's like <laughs> wow. we're we're in the stage now. <laughs> well, who where it's knows? Like, next wow. year, right? Hey, next year, who knows? Maybe for December. Maybe they'll bring it out for Christmas. Oh, December. <laughs> for Christmas. I imagine. <laughs> so one yeah. quick question before we move on about oh, Solaris: uh, Have they fixed uh, matchmaking yet with teams? No, the, no, no. The matchmaking isn't out yet. Okay. Is there anything okay, okay. new but, to the game? Did they patch anything or? Um, th- there are a few patches that resolve some minor yeah. bugs and stuff. Nothing major in terms of content. Okay. Uh, though I have to say, though, it's one of those games of those few games where I really like the people that I usually play with. Since I'm, I'm, I'm normally not the kind of guy where I go like, oh, you know, like I don't want to be talking to people or I don't want to be playing around with all the people that I don't know. <laughs> but with this game, like. Pretty much every lobby that I've been in, everyone's been like super, super nice. Like, wow. uh, That's uh, good. I, I've been playing it quite a bit in, in, in the past couple of weeks. It's it's just uh, every time I get matched up, there there are people there are they're not like super, super competitive, but they're like fun and fun around to to, to play with. Exactly. Yeah. That's good. So, so That's you're good saying this game is troll free so far. There are some uh, kids well, playing I mean, it. I don't know. But yeah, kids, that's so the only yeah. thing. So you either get people who aren't on a mic, or you get kids. Uh, but I would say to Rowdy, um, uh, just to, it feels like those that first month of Firewall when everyone wasn't amazing. Michael, because oh. we hopped into it, and it mm. was like it, it was it was a great experience from a, like a competitive team play and social layer. That dynamic oh. is just, as I said, it's like cocaine for me. I do love you hear it. that? Do you hear that, Mike? So you should jump in now. Yeah, no, I am. I'm looking forward to jumping in again. Before, I've been holding out for the matchmaking, uh, really, before I jump back in. But yeah. you know, with the new updates, I'm probably going to ch- check it out a bit sooner. Uh, mm. But good, uh, good recommendation there, Zim. Good to have mm. you back on the show as well. Uh, and next, our special guest this week, caster and coordinator for the VR Master League, here to talk about the future of VR esports. It's Alex. Welcome to the show, dude. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm uh, really happy to be on and talking about esports. It's uh, it is my true passion. Yeah, uh, you're, you're like killing it on the uh, the VR Master League casting, right? You're you're like the the the, the pro over there, right? I've put in a substantial amount of hours into into commentating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, I it has surpassed my hours played in the game at this point. Wow, uh, um, wow. which is up in the t- I think over twelve hundred uh, for onward at least. Uh, wow, so. <laughs> Yeah, I put my time in, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Do you have a, a highlight or something that you played recently in VR that you want to share with us? 
Well, yeah, I mean, I love the top. I love the, the discussion that's been going on already about the Quest 2 because I have the exact same impressions. I got my Quest 2 just a few days ago. And of course, the first thing I did is hop into Onward. That's something I know so well on PC. And uh, I'm very shocked. It, it is that PC vibe. And I think it's the clarity of the, the, the lenses. That's just how clean the Quest 2 looks that when you load in, it's like your, your mind's kind of tricking itself. Like, am I on PC right now? It kind of mm. the, the text is about as clear as I'm used to it on PC. This is this looks kind of similar. Obviously, the graphics have to be adjusted accordingly. But uh, this I mean, I'll tell you, man, Quest 2 is quite a headset. It is. I've figured out, you know, I've done some testing and that tracking is nearly perfect. It, it, mm-hmm. it, and that's something for me that I'm always looking at right away. I pull my gun up to both hands and, I, and, and is there any drift? Because when you're playing competitive shooters, you can't afford drift. It's just not something that you can, you can have in your, when you're aiming down the sights. You need to be laser locked in. And I got two uh, cool lights lighting my area. And I think with that, I mean, it, the tracking is perfect. I've done some experimenting. I've talked with some folks uh, that have done some experimenting. Lighting seems to be a key to get very clean tracking out of these headsets. And if you have, I'm starting to theorize that if you have a top-down light, that's actually going to be your best solution to light the space. Because yeah. I've noticed when I'm aiming at lights, I get a bit of drift. And so if I can have lights at my top that are lighting the space, I think that's that would be perfect for tracking. And you would really get one-to-one perfect tracking on the Quest 2, which is... I'm- and one of those things, because uh, if, if we're talking about the Quest 2 as well, I know Mike has said that uh, a couple of times. I think one of the main attraction points for me is, is how quick it is to get in. Mm. You know, you, you press the button on the side, it starts up so much faster. You click on Onward or whatever game you go into and it's like, bam, you're in there. And I, I really like that, 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 like, that low barrier for putting something on. And you're in the game, and and I think that's really where the where the the app and the and the hardware shines, you know. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I, I found myself reaching for the Quest Two instead of the Index. You know, I, I don't know, I don't know what yeah. that was. Maybe as you know, the new hardware obviously shining in front of my eyes, but it it it's so good. You know, I've been put, I've been playing some Pop One mm-hmm. uh, as well on that device and uh, during that beta, and I've done some spectate commentating uh of pop one uh which has been pretty fun you know just kind of hopping into some games killing my whole team (laughs) and then going into (laughs) spectate and uh watching these (laughs) players play uh and then i've commentated over that and uh yeah it's been a it's kind of been the highlight of my of my week for sure is pop one and casting pop one because i think it's got some potential Nice, and we're definitely going to delve deeper into yep. uh, Pop One and our thoughts of Pop One and your thoughts of Pop One as well, because I'm interested to see from like a hardcore, you know, um, you know, perspective, like what you think of it, because you know it is kind of aimed at the casual side. So it'll yep. be interesting to see what you think of it later on in the show. But we're going to be de- diving deeper into sort of VR esports later on. But it's awesome to have you on the show, Alex. So thank you yeah. again for joining us. Um, so if you don't know who I am, my name is Mike from Virtual Reality Oasis, host of the show. But before I get into what I play this week, uh, let's see what the chat have been up to, because they've always got some solid recommendations. Yeah, so we um, have a couple of people who played some games this week. We have Sputnik Cobra. That's an awesome name. Uh, who played Minesweeper VR. Minesweeper VR. Anyone interested in Minesweeper VR? VR. How would that how would that work? Mm. You would have a Are you gonna sweep mines with your Imagine like an actual metal detector. Yeah, make Minesweeper (laughs) flat, right? Turn Minesweeper from vertical to flat and then give yourself a metal detector and (laughs) minesweep. Wow. 
free I ideas. Yeah, I like the Heard idea. It I would first. play it. Heard it here first. Yeah, well, there you go. Um, then we have Sleepy, who played Final Assault. Um, we have Curious Command, who played uh, lots of Star Wars uh, squadrons. Mm. And finally got around to completing Vader Immortal. So he was totally into the Star Wars uh, nice. uh, vibes. Um, then we have Johnny Wells, who played Saints and Sinners on Quest 2. And Pavlov as well. Pavlov Shek. Very That's nice. the name, right? Um, and then we have Burrito, who is looking into uh, getting into uh, Half Plus Half. Oh, awesome. Oh. Half, pl- half Plus Half it, with friends is just hilarious. Definitely check yes. that out. It's free, free as well, so yeah. you've got no excuse on Quest 2. Really, really fun and like a hidden gem, I would say, on Quest, wouldn't you mm. say, Nathie? Yeah, true, true. Yeah. Um, so my highlight this week... Um, it's kind of like twofold and it was giving quests away <laughs> giving quest twos away more specifically playing santa um, claus yeah it was great actually it was really nice um i did it uh on my stream so i did a live stream with a q a with uh you know just like you know uh my audience and uh, they asked some questions about quest two it was the day before the launch so there was a few mm-hmm. questions that they wanted to clear up and and then i kind of decided that i was going to do something that i've never done before and that was invite my audience <laughs> into the stream via zoom which you know when you think about it some streamers would be like oh my god this is like suicide what are you doing mm-hmm. uh, but i was like hey you know why not you know if, if, it, if it wrecks the stream I'll just delete the whole thing and no one knew it ever happened. So, um, but it actually turned out to be quite fun. We had some people join and basically the idea was that I was going to ask them three questions, um, VR related. And if they got the three questions right, they got a quest to sent to them. That was like no strings attached. You didn't have to be a subscriber, nothing. Just let's just hop on and have some fun. And, um, a few people joined, uh, sadly they didn't get the questions right, but we finally had a guy called Mark, uh, hop in and uh, answered the three questions correctly after I'd mixed them up a little bit. So that was... Wait, Mark? Mark Zuckerberg. It wasn't Mark Zuckerberg, no. No, he already has a quest, so... If he didn't get those three questions right, that would be a disgrace. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly, They they were quite technical, though. You were quite technical with your questions. I was... uh... Yeah, I kind of wanted to make sure that it went to a VR enthusiast and not someone that was just, you know, Mm. wanted a headset to spin it on or something. So mm-hmm. I did kind of make them a little bit challenging. They were normally uh, like, who is like the chief technical officer of Oculus? You know, who was the founder of Oculus? You know, those kind of questions. So oh, easy if, you, yeah. if you're if you if you involved in the VR space, but maybe not so much as a, a sort of newcomer. Um, but yeah, he, he finally got the headset. I sort of ordered it through Amazon directly in the US and got it shipped to him. So he, hopefully he'll have that in the next couple of weeks. And then um, as the quest launched, uh, I found out that they had some locally in uh, my local Argos. And I was like, oh, my brother came over like about a month ago tried the quest Two, loved it he was in the headset for like the longest i've ever seen him in the headset before and he said that he wanted one so i bought one and uh, took it straight over to his house and give it to him uh, and he was just about to head out on a bike ride with his uh, girlfriend and it was just such a really cool little moment to just see his face light up and then see him unboxing and, and help him set it up and get him like uh, into like the first steps and you know give him some some games to try out so uh yeah, that was my highlight of the week, really, just sort of like sharing the VR love with other people. I, I think that was really, really satisfying. I, I got I got another suggestion for you. Um, the next thing you should give away is like processes to like very good friend of yours. <laughs> like, yeah, uh, my, you have to, you my, have to my, answer three like questions. <laughs> 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 yeah, no, absolutely. No, it's just nice to give something back, especially give it back to the community and also like, you know, my brother, bless him, he had a rough time of it like a few months ago getting COVID and, you know, he's been working hard since then, you know, servicing boilers and, you know, going into people's houses, which is pretty risky anyway. So yeah. uh, it, was, it was nice to uh, to cheer him up. So that was my highlight of now, the week. Now he can Thanks. fix boilers in VR and stay safe. 
Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And I'm looking forward to playing Pop 1 with him because he's a big uh, Call Ooh. of Duty Warzone fan. So hopefully I can get him into Pop 1 and we can play some together. And a banana fan. Yeah, of course. Always. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Hit me up on that one. Yeah. We'll all... We'll all... We'll all jump in together, yeah. So let's jump into the news then. And the first bit of news this week I thought was kind of strange, but also kind of genius. And I, I really had to sort of talk about it on the show. And I shared it on my Twitter this week. Um, so most of us in the VR space, you know, our social media feeds this week have just been full of white quest boxes as consumers have been finally getting their hands on their shiny new headsets, which is amazing to see. And also let us know in the chat if you know you got a quest to this week and what you think of it. We'd love to sort of know your thoughts. Um, but one developer known on Twitter, known as uh, Say Angel, so at Say Angel, if you want to go and check out his uh, Twitter account, he decided to share his Quest 2 box, which was a little bit different, as he received his like months and months ago as an early dev kit. And the funny thing is that what Oculus did to prevent any leaks of like the official Oculus Quest 2 box art being leaked, they sent out Quest 2 dev kits in boxes disguised as irons. <laughs> and and by irons, I mean like, you know, the kind of irons that you use to iron your clothes with. <laughs> and this is kind of weird because like the box is the exact same dimensions. Uh, but it's kind of got this like outer sleeve which shows like an iron in the middle and then a hot and cold tap either side of it. <laughs> and it's also got some strange... It, it wasn't with steam or something? <laughs> steam? Fully <laughs> compatible with steam. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the funny, the funny thing was they branded it uh, Sluco, S-L-U-C-O-U, which is like an anagram of Oculus. And they Oculus. even had like a... A round circle logo instead of like the uh, what do they call it the stadium as they refer to it as. Um, what what is the other one? It was a ar- arm. Oh wait, is there army arm stream army arm? Army is arm. that Myanmar or something? I couldn't quite is work like that the, out. The code. Co- I, I think it's like the 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 code for. I the, think it's uh, the code Mi- for the headset. Yeah. Miramar. 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 Mm, Why didn't they call it this way? Because it sounds way better than Oculus Quest. The Oculus Miramar, you prefer that? Or yeah. the, 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 the Sluco Miramar? Sluco, Sluco. I'm like, what do you want? I have a Sluco. Sluco headset. Why not? And the thing is, like, I'm sure this is pretty common practice amongst tech, tech companies. You know, we've heard previously in the past where Apple have disguised their, you know, iPhones as the old generation iPhone, but it's just like a case around it. And they've oh, been yeah. left in bars and stuff like that. But this is the first time we've ever really been able to see something like this. So I thought it was yeah. really interesting and I wanted to share it. I thought it was um, a troll first. I was like, someone photoshopped yeah. this. I thought it was funny too. Yeah, me as well. And then, then I heard that it was like a serious uh, thing. Yeah. Yeah, but it's kind of genius though, right? You know, yeah, like no, if, no, it, it's smart. If, if I'd have seen it, I'd have just like I wouldn't have known what it was. So, but but yeah. but so so basically, the pictures we saw of the Quest Two when it got leaked, right? That one should have been in that box. Yeah, exactly. But that person yeah. never decided to to share that. Like, no, imagine not seeing that. People are like, yeah, that must be fake. That must be exactly. Fake. People would have thought yeah, it yeah. was fake instantly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it's funny now. Like now that I know this exists, I, I definitely want one. You know, and a bit yeah. like you, Nathy, like with uh, collecting. You know, like the the prototype headsets. Yeah. You know, you kind of want one as a collector's item, right? And yeah. Box. Yeah. Just the box. So uh, if you're a dev out there, and also you have the one, iron that was in there, I also want to have that. Oh, you tabs. want the iron as well? <laughs> it didn't uh, come yeah. with an iron, yeah. by the way. Oh. Um, but I if you're a dev, iron as well, by the way. Yeah. Letting you know. And you happen to have one of these boxes, then hit us up because I'm sure Nathan yeah. is probably into collecting one of these bad boys oh, as yeah. well. Happy to spend some some ridiculous some money on some cardboard. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so that the is, funny uh, thing is, I got to ask you guys a question about sure, this design. Is this box better than the uh, better than the design of the actual Oculus Quest 2 box? And take a good hard look at it. I mean, the, the, those taps look pretty nice. 
Yeah, the weird thing about the Oculus Quest 2 box is they kind of put a border around it, and I think it would have benefited without the border, and I think someone photoshopped it on Reddit, and they did a really good job, because it looked way better, I think, in my that's, opinion. That's, yeah, actually, if you think about it now, like, if I look at the box, like, <laughs> it looks better. Of course, there's, like, yeah. like nonsense stuff on there, but, like, in terms of where it is and how it's yeah. scaled, it looks yeah. really nice. I, I have a question here. Sure. I, I received my Oculus inside the, the Oculus box inside another box. So, like, yeah. what's the point of camouflaging the box that's inside a box? Right. I think when security opens it. Yeah, or, oh. like, say, you know, it's just lying around, happens yeah, to be lying around. Photo. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. I, I guess it's just, like, extra measures, but so, I, I think it's awesome. I've never seen anything like this so, in the VR someone, space. Yeah. Someone, I, in I, the, someone in the chat said the game that you can play on it is Iron Man VR. <laughs> <laughs> you imagine actually playing that game and just like, oh, this game sucks, mom. It's not the Marvel one. You just hide and close. Just hide yeah. and close the whole time. Dude, dude, if I if I can oh, yeah. get my hands on a box like that, I'm gonna buy an iron that fits in there. I'm gonna unbox it and just be like, ah, oh, so this is the uh, Oculus made this iron. Uh, this this uh, prototype, uh, Shluko. Or, or, or just. Just imagine coming home and your mom has already opened the box and she's like putting water in it. She's like, this is a weird iron. Like, like no. <laughs> I, I, thought I would like to actively uh, encourage um, manufacturers to do this because I think it's just really fun. It's mm. like when they used to have Easter eggs on, on chip dies and you could zoom in and you could see this, you know, a little picture of a man or a bunny rabbit that, you know, mm. the, 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 the creator had put on it. It's the same thing. It's great to have this. I mean, I wouldn't take too much away from your marketing budget, um, and I hope that's not what happened here. But oh, here, know, I, here's another game: Iron <laughs> Iron Lights. Iron Lights. Iron Lights. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Zim, you might be onto something. Maybe Zuck could give away Facebook by putting one golden Oculus cover as it when he ships it out, and that could be the the way you get your golden ticket to go in and uh, see the Facebook yeah. Enterprise. His Maybe it'd be like Ready Player One. You know, he'll he'll give away the keys to the Oasis. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Could it be then that Oompa Loompas are making the quest now, right? Because it's going really fast, and they must have a lot, man. Like, <laughs> I just don't, I don't get this image at all. I don't get it. Like, it's got taps on it, hot and cold, and an iron. Like, yeah. how, how did this not like someone see this and be like? That doesn't make any sense. This makes no sense. But uh, this must also be a brand from something. Like this must be an iron from another brand that they put on there. Or is this just a like uh, their own made 3D made? Uh, yeah. So I someone at someone was up. like sitting there and he's like the 3D artist and someone's like, listen, we want you, you to make, make an iron. iron. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love it. Love it's like, it. what am I doing? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think what am it's I doing? Ma mainly because of the size, you know, because the controllers and the headset yeah. both have that yeah. roughly similar size. So if it gets scanned, that people go like, oh yeah, this this is what it looks like. Yeah. yeah. So that's a little bit of fun for you uh, to that start the fun. news off this Definitely. week. Um, so next up, I wanted to talk about the mandatory <laughs> Facebook requirement, as uh, some people have had some issues accessing their new Quest 2 headsets this week. And I should point out that this is a relatively small amount of people. Um, they kind of posted on Reddit and that kind of like amplified things. And then, you know, these big tech sites and have been like sharing this because, you know, as soon as there's something negative in the VR world, oh. tech sites want to jump all over it and make sure that everyone knows that people are having a bad time in VR, which is a, a shame. Uh, but yeah, I just want to sort of point out that this is a, a relatively small amount of people and most of these things have been resolved now, but I think it's still worth talking about. Um, and basically what it is in uh, in the Reddit post that I've read, it seems that it mainly affects people that who previously didn't have a Facebook account, but obviously understand that a Facebook account is a requirement of the Quest 2. And they've just created one 
just so they could use the Quest 2, which they've just bought. And because they've created a Facebook account so quickly and then tried to merge it with their Oculus account, for some reason, I don't know what it is, but it seems to be triggering some automatic flagging system where it's being banned and then locking people out of their headsets, uh, which kind of sucks, right? Especially if you're excited, you're a new user, you've maybe just got into VR. It's not a particularly great first experience. Um, So people posted this on on their stories on Reddit. um, And then since then, um, people on Reddit, like users called Northband and Weavester, which were kind of like the two most popular stories, they've since reported back that their issues have now been resolved after contacting Oculus support. But it did take maybe three to four days to get it resolved, which again, you know, it does suck because, you know, if you've got a headset, you're excited to check it out. You have to wait three or four days because you're locked out of a, you know, your account because you've created a Facebook account. And not only that, like if if that happens, you need to give your ID and stuff. You do need to verify that you're who you say you are. Of your actual ID. I mean, that's a, that's a big step to, you know, it's not great. Like, 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 I I, I, I don't know the reason uh, for why it's happening, but I'm wondering if it's like, if they're using an obvious, like, fake username or some kind of picture or like some kind of description that is obviously not correct then yeah. uh, those kind of things could trigger it as well for sure one of them certainly was using um uh, a pseudonym i believe so he had a personal account he had a business account and he had created a third account for his uh quest um mm-hmm. and i think that flagged up something and it was a big no-no one other mm-hmm. user was just like straight up you know, said something like "f you Oculus support" or something like that, and, <laughs> and, and, and burnt some bridges there. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if you know he doesn't oh. do himself any favors, and maybe it takes a little bit longer to get that issue resolved. So mm. you know, if you're going to contact support, make sure you be nice to these people because these are the ones <laughs> that are going to get you access <laughs> to your headset again. Um, but it does seem that Oculus are well aware of the issue and they even tweeted about it this week um, and they said that mm. we're aware of a small number of customers who are having trouble using Quest 2 with their Facebook accounts. If you're one of the few who's having trouble set it up, setting up, uh, we're ready and available to help. Just reach out and start a support ticket. And if you're interested, it's support.oculus.com. Um, and then you can submit your support ticket there. I've but also, just be aware, it might take a few days. I've also seen some people, and again, as you said, like it feels like it's been blowing up a little bit. But I've also seen people yeah. saying like, yeah, I just uh, used my Oculus account and I could just log in and I didn't need to use Facebook on my Quest 2. And uh, it's like, because it's mandatory. It is uh, mandatory, to- yeah. And just to reiterate, you know, oh. like creating a fake Facebook account is likely going to get you in hot water. And, you know, you don't want to go down that route and then have, you know, you locked out of your content or locked out of your headset in the future. And, and just to reiterate I, I, again. I did it the other way around. I used my real Facebook account and yeah. I decided not to use my Facebook account anymore from this point forward. Well, yeah, <laughs> you know, just because you that's, use that's a Facebook account doesn't mean you have to use it as a social media. No. Um, mm. But we should reiterate again that, you know, if you give your real name, uh, as which you do have to uh, when you sign up as a Facebook account, you don't have to show that in VR. You can show a username. And, you know, I witnessed that when I set up my brother's quest. Mm. You know, he can set up a username so people don't know his real name. Um, yeah. yeah. The, the thing, I, I, I actually ran across something that relates to this linkage. I mean, all along I was kind of like, okay, I don't mind Facebook account linkage for the Oculus account and set up. But actually I hit a stone wall this week that I was like, oh. And now it's been, it's a real bugbear for me. I'll explain sure. it. Um so like you, I was, I'm always interested in sharing VR with my family. And, and this week, my wife and I concluded, it's like, okay, well, she's looking after our new little baby. Uh, so actually, it would be better suited if we took this now smaller, lighter headset. Gave it to my daughter, who goes uh, into VR quite a bit. She's six. The problem is Facebook account limitation on minimum age for an account for her, for her would be 12. Um, so A, can't go create an account for her. 
which means we need to have an adult almost like donating their kidney, donating their Facebook account to be able to link and set up a, you know, uh, a profile for them. I wonder, however, given the kind of tracking uh, that the device is doing, will we reach a phase, maybe even soon, maybe even in 2021, where they start to profile you as, oh, you know, you don't seem to be Mike, you know, you're, you're clearly not Mike. And now we need you to verify that you are who mm. you say you are. And I wonder if that those kind of I wouldn't call them biometrics, but the, the footprint, the thumbprint that you give when you're when you're on a, a web browser or whatever like that. It's it's far easier to foot fingerprint somebody when they're doing their uh, their mannerisms, their motions in sixed off uh, space. So for us, that's a real pain in the rear. Uh, I'm looking at ways to kind of work around this. Um, but I have to say that that pales in comparison to the question my daughter asked me, which is, Daddy, can I put stickers on the headset? And I'm like, God oh, damn God. it, girl. No, no, <laughs> no. no stickers on the Quest 2. It's interesting you bring that up, uh, Sim, because uh, actually Ken By tweeted about that uh, in the past week as well. Uh, apparently Facebook figured this out two years ago already how they could um, profile someone based on the behavior they're doing in a virtual uh, reality headset, based on their mannerisms, based on their movements. They can actually uh, fairly accurately profile uh, the person from doing that, Uh, which is crazy, I think, (laughs) that that is possible. Mm -hmm. Um, Think about the data elements, though. It's just like taking, it's like that old Photosynth app. Like if you take enough pictures of your room, boom, you've got a 3D map of your room. Think about the actual motions, you know, the movement of your wrist or your arm. It's going to create yeah, a mathematical that, I, map that just I mean. matches a, a formula. So, but th- that exists already for a very long sense. time. You have something that's called like gait analysis, where like every single human being has a specific form of gait, huh? yes. like you know yeah. the, the the way that you walk, um, and and there are other things like that as well. So I'm, I'm sure that you know with the amount of technology that they that they put in everyone's headset that they're able to, to extract that data very easily mm. and make a very unique profile on every single person. And in there's, there's, like, there's, there's bad things to this science, and there's also really good things. The bad mm-hmm. things are, you know, okay, someone can control and insert and try to you know, control your, your, what you're thinking, you know. Uh, but the, the, the good things, which I've found recently, Google do this, for example. I can hop onto my device, uh, you know, I can hop onto like an Android phone or something, and, and it will it will float along with you. And you're like, I didn't log in. How does it know my accounts? How does it know what to log in on? And before long, you'll be able to pick up a headset, even if it's not your headset. And it's like, oh, here's all my accounts and here's my login or whatever. And yeah, so that, you, you, that's, that's what, You're basically trading privacy for ease of access, right? <laughs> well, yeah, but you, you another, do that with so many another, devices. It's, it's, it's yeah, the same with my bike that I just bought. If you want to ride my bike, you can't because it's my bike and it's linked to my phone. So mm-hmm. you can't you can't okay, ride so it. Can steal it's it. My bike. No, well, I mean you could still steal it. But so wait, if I steal your phone, it. right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my you can not yeah, ride your own bike. It. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so um, you know, that'd be that'd be kind of interesting in the future if they like scanned your retinas and they like knew it was you from a, like a retina scan and then it just logged you straight into your account. But, oh, but I'm wow. saying you don't cool. even now. And this is what what Rowdy is talking about about that tweet from Kambai and um, some of the white paper work that Oculus had mentioned earlier. Like I would bet that you could right now profile you as you pick up a headset, any Oculus headset, mm-hmm. and say, this is Mike, and actually securely log you in and be like, okay, we know that's yeah, Mike okay. for sure. The thing, I'm, the thing I'm requesting, and I've seen this on Reddit uh-huh. quite a Re- bit from other requesting. people in my situation. I see what you did there, sorry. Yeah. 
<laughs> requesting. I'm requesting that um, Facebook like pipeline and hopefully prioritize, especially because Christmas is coming, family accounts, like guest accounts on a device. Mm. Because if you've got your account logged in or whatever, like even if you have to buy software independently for that separate account or whatever, just give us the ability that the device can be used by someone else, I guess. Like, like, you, know? like you can on Netflix and stuff like that. Exactly but like on Netflix. But, yeah. but the thing is... Or PlayStation. Or but it's like still, like we're talking about kids, man. Like you can't... like. You can't uh, mine data from kids, you know what I mean? They said that this was coming, though. You can. They said that this oh, was coming. Yeah, well, um, I'm sure you can. That you can switch between Facebook accounts to log in. Yeah. But, but, the quest, but the Quest is uh, 13 plus officially. Mm -hmm. So what, if you make kids accounts, then, then it's not 13 plus. My thought is that if Zim is giving his daughter a Facebook account that's attached to his Facebook account, he's essentially giving his daughter that go ahead you know that is him give that is him bypassing that 13 he's saying i'm okay with it my daughter can play the headset he's giving that authorization past that because even that, if you're you know, if you're not 13 or like under 13 i don't even think you're allowed to even have a facebook account right i don't know what is no. the age that's for what i was saying so that's the main barrier to the account so right. i think but it's not possible that, right now right. it's like saying what happened to youtube where they were like uh, mining data from kids as well that wasn't allowed either. So I, I, I don't see that happening. You happen. know why that is, right? It's because Facebook is an advertising platform. Mm. Yeah, it's, like, it's not because of social exposure. Right. But that, that is indeed, like that's a problem that Facebook needs to resolve, especially if they want to target, you know. Wasn't it copper or something like that is called? Like, yeah. copper, but, but yeah. taking it away from those regulations, which are child protection regulations, mm -hmm. uh, and focusing instead on, say I've got a 15 year old, right? Yeah. And I've got a quest. And I've got a wife who plays and I play and whatever. Like, why doesn't it work like a switch where I've got a profile that floats with me that mm -hmm. I can select another profile so that my yeah. game save or whatever on Quest natively is picking up now, of course. as I transition well, that. So just that like is. Netflix, just like a switch. We, we know why that is, right? Because Facebook wants the data. You're even actively saying this is a different user, you know. So you're you're, you're just giving they, them access to more data. They've already said that this is happening. They, they've they've confirmed uh, that this is going to be a feature in the future. It's yeah. it's, it's pretty yeah. standard. I mean, they if you will. own a PlayStation or a yeah. Switch or Netflix or Disney Plus, you can make like infinite accounts on that account. So, so I mean, um, uh, sorry, sorry, go on. quickly. <laughs> no, no I, I guess one thing: I, all of those can be used by more than one person. The quest can only be used by one person at a time. So there is that also consideration. Maybe that's part of the reasoning, but true. Uh, going back to our um, Sluco Iron, uh, someone had a really good uh, suggestion for a game that might be available on that oh. device, mm. and that is Pleat Saver. Pleat Saver. <laughs> Pleat Saver. <laughs> As in saving pleats through ironing them. Genius. Whoever came up with that, genius. Well done, you. <laughs> um, but yeah, that is uh, about Facebook accounts. Um, you know, some users had a few issues. Looks like most of them have been resolved. If you're having this experience yourself, go and contact uh, Oculus Support, but be nice to them. And uh, hopefully they'll get you back on track within a few days. But this kind of leads me nicely onto the next bit of news. As a former alt space developer who's now working at uh, Mozilla Hubs, uh, a guy called Robert Long, is trying to crowdsource for a huge reward for anyone that can successfully jailbreak the Oculus Quest 2. So originally Robert offered 5,000 US dollars to anyone that could jailbreak the original Oculus Quest. And then uh, that never happened. So he extended that offer again to the Quest 2 when it released. 
But now Robert uh, wants to crowdfund up to 50,000 US dollars in a pool by getting more developers and VR enthusiasts on board. So his ultimate plan with this, you know, with jailbreaking is that he wants to try and bypass the Facebook requirement system and use something like SideQuest as a platform for content. So I think it's kind of an interesting idea, but I guess by doing that, you would um, you would probably lose a lot of the online functionality. You would lose the complete library of content that Oculus are providing. So you would only be limited to then SideQuest content, which is good, but mm. it's not as interesting, I don't think, as the so, main source of content. So is this, um, is this really because he's interested to see if it can be done? Or is it more of a statement towards like open VR? I think it's both because he he said that he didn't want to develop anything in the Mozilla Hub's open XR space um, mm. and get Oculus on board if this was going to be a requirement as him I as see. a dev to have yeah, a Facebook yeah, yeah. account. So he was very sort of like anti this account requirement. And that's why he put up the mm. money. And then it was interesting mm. because when he tweeted about this recently, Palmer Lucky himself even posted that he would match the initial 5,000 US dollars <laughs> if someone was successful. But of course, that's he's amazing. He's going even further now with this crowdfunding uh, because I do think that uh, Facebook lawyers are going to eat that up if that actually comes to fruition. Yeah, like well, yeah. The, the thing is, like jailbreaking devices used to be quite popular with iPhones back in the day, and I used to get mm. get involved in that as well. But then, you know, Apple eventually made all these kind of jailbreak um, applications and processes that were kind of like desirable and made them part of the product anyway. So then it was like, well, this is just more of a hassle now. So but I wonder if that'll be the same case. Some companies have like bounties for hacking them, right? Where yeah, if you hack Apple, if you're able to hack Apple, they uh, come to your place and you have to show it, and they pay you, and they patch uh, it, yeah, and then they patch it. I don't know, I don't know if Facebook has that, but um, yeah. usually it's like it sounds like a bad thing, but it's actually a good thing because it makes a device well showing well, an exploit, right? Yeah, yeah, showing the exploits yeah. exactly. I, I think this is really, I, I just love this. This is like the wild, wild west again, and it breaks out every time you get a new technology out. Um, I'm really curious how long it will take, and if somebody takes the bait, because um, as that as that money pool rises, I mean, that's that's some serious cash. I mean, you talk yeah, five thousand, it's like it's, I'm like it's a bit, I mean, it's there. a bit double, man. Because if you think about it, like those people, as as you said, it's also a bit of a statement. So by by uh, trying to hack into it, you actually make it even like you make it more of a sealed thing right so you, you yeah. don't necessarily help it you make you're it only more you're, what you're doing by doing that i think is you're immediately diverting resources uh from facebook's team who's working on the tech from okay i'm going to work on the actual tech to now i have to defend it so you're, yeah. you're costing the money by just even talking about it getting it into publications you're yeah, costing okay. the money so Here's... if your objective is Cost them money, distract them from the main goal. Mm -hmm. Then you've you've you've, you've achieved it. Aren't they saving them money? You're offering fifty grand for someone to hack the thing, and then ultimately you're exposing the hack, and then the Facebook gets a free hack exposed to them that they can then patch. But I think I don't think Facebook has a lot of fear from that, as long as uh, they have you know exclusive content onto their store, uh, because you will not be able to access the store. Uh, without logging into that using a Facebook account, regardless the, of uh, you being able to have a software running on there. The thing as well is that these like jailbreaks and hacks are becoming more and more difficult as technology evolves. Like, you know, we, we saw with the original iPhones, it was super easy, right? Now with the Nintendo Switch, even people are trying to jailbreak that. And it's still been, what, it's been years since the Switch has been out. And that's an even yeah. more popular yeah. device than the, the, the Quest 2 is. And they're still struggling to do that. Yeah. So I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon. I no. think it's very optimistic. 
Um, Something from the past for sure. Even even the yeah. the PlayStation Four uh, could not really be hacked. Um, mm-hmm. Well, you know, the, the, I remember the Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty and the PlayStation Three. There were like people you could go to here that would just kind of hack into it, and before you knew it, you had like free games everywhere. But I mean, yeah. it's it, it's of course it's not great for the ecosystem for devs um, uh, to have that because then. You know, imagine it if you could download all of the Quest uh, 2 games on the Pirate Bay. Who's yeah. still going to make money then, right? Yeah, no, that's so. a very good point. Yeah, piracy is a big problem with jailbreak But I think devices. it's good to, yeah. to have this challenge. Uh, and also for the people that are not really into Facebook, this is, of course, a great opportunity to, uh, you know, uh, show a different sound. I think the reason for those less hacking things now is, is that... Because you have like the resurgence of like that online market, where it's just so much easier to like just spend a few quid in order to get something, rather than to invest uh, into uh, something that potentially might break your device or break your device. It's uh, the whole Napster thing, isn't it? People. You know, like <laughs> you know Napster and and LimeWire, those those platforms are super popular. And then uh, you know iTunes, they made it so easy to to buy like content legitimately. Same with Steam. Yeah, same with Steam and, you know, with, with Quest 2, everything's yeah. just super easy, whereas now you're just trying to make oh. it more complicated. I have to say, when you go to set up, uh, and this isn't, like, amazing tech, but when you go to set up another Quest after you set one up, like, being able to flash remotely from the app all your previously downloaded content. So if you're moving oh, from yeah. Quest 1 yeah. to Quest 2, don't do it in the headset, is what yeah, I would say. Do I would it say by put the your app. headset on. And then do it by the app, and you can go bam, 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 and it'll just queue up and download them all. And it's, like, so nice. That's so, so nice. true. That's so true, and it's a really handy feature. You're totally right, Zim. Good little recommendation yeah, that's, there. That's amazing. But I, I'm, I'm kind of... I don't want to glaze over the fact that the original kind of creator of, of the Oculus Rift, and Oculus as a company, uh, is, is now vying against the... I mean, Palmer Lucky is now jumping on the bandwagon to say, and supporting his original comment... Which is, you know, a Facebook account will not be required to log into the device. He's clearly now going, like, that pissed me off. And now he's saying, I'm going to put an arrow and I'm going to fire it at the glass house. And yeah. I think that that's a, it's, it's a really bold move. He's a bold guy. Um, I, I'm kind of glad to see it to some extent because when you have an original creator and they've sold their baby off, it's like when Marcus Person, has, who's uh, Notch, uh, was talking about Minecraft and a sale to Microsoft or whatever, like some years later. And when you don't, when the original creator doesn't agree with the changes that the new owner is 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 making, I, I just I find it very entertaining to see that, whether it's good or bad. But for at the, the industry, same time, I'm a little bit like, but you did sell it to Facebook and for Notch as well, but you did sell it to Microsoft. Yeah. I mean, you can complain afterwards that you know, but like. Dude, what kind of need to think that Facebook yeah, was not the, going to get more involved into this? Yeah, but yeah. The, billions the, the, of the, dollars. The, the, the monies, the monies don't replace the feeling for your baby, you know. But I'm, I, I agree with Rowdy. Like once you, once you've kind of taken the money, you kind of. He basically, kind of the it. money turned him into Tony Stark. He is like Tony Stark now. He's like building <laughs> Arendelle and creating cyber <laughs> drones and I all mean, sorts I, of crazy I, stuff. Let's not talk about what Lucky is doing now. Yeah. Tony, Tony anyway. Stark with flip flops. Yeah, and a Hawaiian shirt and shorts. I still and love him. I still agenda. love him. I, th- I think this is, dude. Like, like seriously, this whole hack thing—it's super entertaining. Let them just do it, man. Like, it'll be interesting know. to see if it happens. I don't know. I'm kind of, uh, I'm, I'm not so optimistic that it will happen anytime soon. No. But with because 50k on you, the line, Mike, we need you. you you're a master hacker. I think you're, you're like <laughs> hacker man. And then before you know, yeah. The, the, we the need, thing we is, this, this we, stuff, right? Like, this is like low-level <laughs> things. If they happen to attract 
someone like Anonymous, like one of these larger hacker groups that can do serious corporate damage, if they attract like their attention and that that arsenal that they carry with them, uh, that could be serious damage for Oculus. And that's and that's why they want to raise problems. the money price because then you yeah. get more people trying it. But I they're do more. They're doing think... it for the reason, right? They're not doing it for the money. Like that that's a, that's a very yeah. interesting. For yeah, for the stuff exactly. But I kind of think <laughs> that it would have happened already. Like you know, the quest was very popular. I don't know. It's not that popular, though. It really is. I mean, like, this is the problem. Like, we all think it's popular because it's popular in, in our, in our bubble. bubble. It's but, popular, yeah, But yeah, yeah. go walk up to somebody at a bus stop, right, and say, hey, who's got a quest? And if they all don't turn around and look at you funny, I'll be surprised. I do Two think that's changing, now, though. I do think that's changing. I think changing. that's changing. Yeah. I think that's changing. You know what the funny part is? I was in Solaris the other night, and I was like, ah, oh, what quest? What, what headset are you on? Every single person was on Quest Two. Yeah, it's of like course. this is it's just such a buzz right now, and it's going to keep going. And Christmas is going to be nuts. Can't wait, can't wait. So that is the news that uh, they're raising fifty thousand, well, crowdfunding fifty thousand US dollars to try and jailbreak Quest Two. Mm. Last bit of news oh. this week. Rowdy's going to be upset about this. Some sad oh. news about Lone Echo Two. Oh, wait, wait what? We were only talking about this recently on the show, right? That we hadn't wow, heard any yeah. news from uh, Ready at Dawn from a little while. Well, oh, they posted gosh. in blog post this week with a Ooh, little nice. update that didn't give really any, any information. So they said, while we have no new information regarding a release date for Lone Echo 2 uh, to announce right now, we wanted to take a moment to reassure you that we are still working digitally, <laughs> working to bring you Jack and Liv's next adventure together as soon as we are able. So that's pretty much all they said. That's the bad news? That is the, well. That is the bad news. They kind of oh, highlighted okay. that you know. Check and live. Who I, I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> they they kind of highlighted that um, you know remote working with COVID uh, has created some challenges for the studio, mm. which you know I think you know all dev studios can relate to, uh, which has slowed down the game's development. But you know, I think based on what they said, I think it's unlikely that we're going to see Lone Echo two this year. Um, which you is see, shame. it is coming to the Quest two because. The PC version was already done before before yep. the whole COVID thing, but they exactly. decided to port it over, and it then they were so be. deep into it, and now, yeah, now. that's my conspiracy He's right. theory. He's right. Yeah, Nathan, you're right. Because the thing is, it was running so well, it was just a matter of content and staging, um, and that was how many years ago now? Two years ago or something? <laughs> Two Jesus. years at E3, like, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, I mean, it's like... Yeah, I agree. It, the thing is, you want to get it ready for the right platform and then and then launch. The okay, so let me let me throw this one into the works then a little bit. What if Ready what at Dawn? Okay, we're making a Quest port, but it comes out and it's exclusive to Quest Two. How do you think? No. How, how, Hell no. How do you think people will react to that? <laughs> God damn no. I um. I wouldn't be I'd surprised. Be I'd be pissed. Yeah, you I got Quest Two though, Rowdy. Why would you be pissed? Yeah, why? <laughs> because like the, the entire reason. I mean. No, that, that's again, like, I learned my lesson from last week. I haven't played it yet, right? But uh, the thing is, I want to experience this game in the highest fidelity possible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that th- This game, like, you know, it took a, a little special place in my heart when I played it for the first time on the Oculus Rift, the, the CV1. And uh, it looked gorgeous back then. I remember that. And Still one of the best looking games, I would say. I'm I'm sure I'm, I'm sure that if 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 they would bring it down on Quest Two right now, it probably look maybe even as good as it, as it did on the on the CV One. Well, maybe not as good, but come close to that. And I'm sure that they that it will look great. But still, it would look so much better uh, if it's powered by you know like 
by then probably like a, f- a 4090 Ti or whatever it is it's gonna require. <laughs> uh, but I want to experience mm. this game in like the highest fidelity that I can possibly afford. Mo- Does, mo- most people, <laughs> which currently is not. Most people can't afford a computer, so they're not even gonna complain in the first place. But I, I, I know, don't think it's. But you ask my personal opinion. Yeah, of course that's true. Uh, yeah, you're a PC uh, enthusiast. I, I, I understand. That's a tough question. I be I kind of be would be surprised if they did that. I mean, if they did like a staged release and they did that. First, um, I could see that happening, but never releasing. Uh, for PC I think it's VR unlikely. I just wanted to kind of like give them the fidelity point. Yeah. It's, 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 yeah. I just wanted to see me get pissed. Yeah, I did. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just no, I, mean, I mean, the Quest Two is a PC VR headset as well, um, but it, it's it's of course clear that that everything that came to the Oculus Rift uh, uh, um, uh, S was actually meant to be on Quest Two, and they they tried to postpone everything for as long as they could. Um, what about you, Alex? Yeah. What do you think? I kind of wonder if they're working on maybe porting both. You know, like maybe it's not just the effort of them getting Lone Echo 2 on the Quest 2, but maybe they're also upping Lone mm-hmm. Echo as well, and then they're yeah. going to do a package. Also, yeah. in the back of my head, what else yeah. comes with Lone Echo 2? Because we had Echo VR coming with Lone Echo, you know, mm-hmm. and so does that mm-hmm. mean there's an Echo 2 VR that comes with Lone Echo 2? Maybe that's, you know, leads to more development time. Lots of questions that I have floating around in my head in terms of what they're really going to do in term, when it comes down to it. But I, I can't imagine them abandoning the PC base. There's just no way because no, they, the, they, that's, where they, that's where they started. That's their yeah. core fan base. I, I, don't think, you, I don't think they would abandon the PC, <laughs> but what I'm saying is what I, what I meant by my comment was that they'll release it on PC, they'll release it on Quest, but it'll be exclusive to Quest 2, taking mm-hmm. advantage of the XR2 chipset, uh, and it gotcha. won't be able to run on Quest 1. That was my kind of... Uh, I think I think it would make sense to bring, it, bring Lone Echo 1 also to quest because you need yeah. to know that most people who now own a quest they're like who the heck is uh, they didn't play Lone Echo. jack yeah. and who the heck is oh, Lone Echo? Like whatever oh, now i'm getting what you mean no. yeah yeah I, I, I wouldn't care if it now comes out on the quest <laughs> <laughs> oh right it doesn't care or something he's like i've got a quest too i don't care uh, but no I, and that was just hypothetical of course you know it's just me just uh, sparking yeah. some conversation there i don't think mm. that we'll see any quest to exclusive content for some time and i don't think this will happen but i just hate i just hate them constantly delaying titles man it's annoying yeah. it's oh. like they, they they're saving stuff up just invest some more money into new stuff so you don't have to delay yeah. games for like three years again but we, what we do I, know I hope it's not going to happen to Medal of Honor as well two years from now we'll be saying we have some news from Medal of Honor VR we've got a release date right we know that that's coming you think it will come out exclusively for the Quest 5 or <laughs> can, can, I, can I just quickly touch on that I don't think we spoke about this but Zim pointed this out to me so if you watched the Oculus Connect uh, live stream um, so we, we spoke about Medal of Honor the first time at, I think it was with the Gamescom live stream, right? There was this guy who spoke to Jeff about the game and he said some funny stuff about multiplayer. He, he didn't really knew what to say, but he was back. He was back at, at the Oculus Connect live stream. Uh, or, or what is it? Facebook Connect. Sorry, Facebook Connect for the, for the new folks. Mm-hmm. Facebook Connect. There we go. Um, and he was there. And um, so they uh, wanted him to make a quick video to pretty much, you know, uh, promote that Medal of Honor is coming this Christmas. So <laughs> so he pops up and uh, um, he's, he's pretty much saying like, you know, we're excited for you to all play Medal of Honor, this and that. And um, then he's like, so um, it's coming to uh, Steam and it's coming to the Oculus Store. And uh, well, see you soon, right? And then, and then after that, um, I think it was was the name of this uh, Ruth 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 Bram? It might be Ruth might be Ruth yeah from Facebook I think I think yeah and 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 then 
they pretty much said afterwards that Oculus was the best platform to go for. Basically saying Steam is not relevant and Steam is also something that does not exist in our ecosystem. But they like they did not like this man saying that it was also coming to Steam. Yeah. Um, it's, no, I, it's, um, I, especially because they funded it, you know, and it's been in development for such a long time. And if you're interested, by the way, um, this is coming out on the 11th of December um, on both Steam and Oculus yeah. platforms. It's, it's weird, though. Like when I play Population 1 on Steam, like the Facebook logo popped up. I've never, yeah. ever seen that before in my yeah. life. Mm. So yeah. even that yeah. they might not like Steam, the same thing. they're going to do a lot of sales on those platforms. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. Sony, it, Sony already did it before with the head. What was it, the Groundhog Day game? That mm -hmm. one was from Sony and they yeah. published it everywhere. But I think as well, like especially with Population 1, they know that they need players for that game to be successful and they mm. almost need the steam platform as well just to boost the numbers they yeah. always they always need the steam platform at least mm. for the upcoming years they still need it for multiplayer anyway i agree for multiplayer yeah. for sure yeah um so that is yeah. lone echo 2 um a little bit of an update from ready at dawn although no new information sadly we think it's going to be <laughs> delayed until into 2021 <laughs> but we'll keep you sure. posted should sure. we hear any more news <laughs> Um, so now let's talk to Alex and get into some sort of VR esports stuff because uh, this is super interesting and I, you know I don't think any of us are particularly uh, that involved with VR esports or, or track it wow. regularly enough to really understand what's going on in that sort of side of the VR marketplace so it'd be interesting to get this kind of insight from Alex directly um, but maybe you I got can... an onward t-shirt. Well, yeah, well, that yeah, makes Ryan's you a pro straight away, right? Um, <laughs> wow. So, so maybe Alex, you can start about like before you got involved with like VR Master League. Like, how did you get involved in VR in general? Like, what was your sort of first foray into yeah. VR? Um, I mean, it started at the. I mean, I guess we had so much Oculus talk, right? But it started with the HTC Vive. You know, right. that's when I initially got in. Right at the beginning of that, I I took the leap of faith. You know. I had heard VR. I had no idea what it was. I had not seen any videos. I wanted it. I bought the device. And, you know, I I remember putting that on and having, you know, tears of amazing. It was, I knew it was the next thing. You know, it's like to right. see a cube rendered in front. It's so funny to think, like, I was amazed by floating controllers in a cube <laughs> that was floating in front of me. But, uh, yeah, that's where it kind of all started. And then, I mean, one of my first games was Onward. Like that was the first thing I played. It came out and it was one of the first games that came out for the Vive. It was it's a very long standing shooter and I played it into the ground. You know, I started to do a little streaming. That's how I met Zim uh, on Twitch.tv. Uh, and uh, I, you know, we'd encounter each other every now and again. And I, uh, I just sucked with Onward. I played put hours and hours and hours into that and eventually started to expand into other stuff. You know, it took me a while before I got into Echo, that's really one of the more recent uh, loves of mine in terms of the esports scene. But I mean, it all started with with the Vive and with Onward, and from there, I just kind of you know now I have it's you know five headsets later. <laughs> right. So so like prior to uh, getting into VR, had you had you like dabbled in Twitch streaming or like any online content prior to that? <sighs> no, not really. And so I guess I chose the hardest thing to do as my yeah. first step. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I, I was exactly the same. Yeah, I'd never done anything like this before yeah. prior to VR. You know, it was my first foray into online content. I guess, you know, when you look at Twitch and you look at streaming, you're trying to find what makes you unique or what can you, how can you get an edge uh, to sort of grow? And I saw VR as that initial sort of, wow, this is unique. Like if I'm doing this, this is definitely going to catch an eye or two and people will come back. And so that was sort of the initial drive for me to start doing content. And at that point, right, also... 
you've already built a whole, especially for the Vive, I've built a master, you know, I, I went and rebuilt a computer. I've got another one lying around. Turn that one into a stream PC, then go get a capture card. Next thing you know, you're, you're putting green screens on your wall and turning your living room into a studio. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it, it, it spirals so fast downhill. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it just yep. the, the I think that's what really started it was the fact that I had to get a, a powerful system mm. to run VR. And then I was like, well, shoot, I got this thing. I might as well stream on it, too, because this thing is a powerhouse. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean. I had done some other stuff before. I'd tried Arc Survive, you know, I'd tried streaming Arc and some other shooters and stuff. But uh, yeah, I mean, VR was really where I started to get deep into the Twitch. And you know, I tried to do that. VR, I tried to do the VR only thing where I was only playing VR games. I skipped so many great 2D titles that I went and revisited years later, like God of War and stuff. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, it consumed me entirely. That's awesome, and it's amazing to think that you know what four years later we're now playing onward on a completely standalone headset and like you say that in in terms of graphics although it's not exactly like the pc version it's getting very close it's you know and i think it's for guys like me that there there are there are a lot of us in the onward community too but it's for guys like us that have experienced onward when it came out on the vive you know day one where it's now it's like it's really an impact where you're just like how is this possible? You know, like I, this game could was barely running on my PC when I bought it, you know, and now it's been optimized to a point where it's a smooth, fun experience on a mobile device. There's 10 people in my lobby at one time. We can interact with each other. It, it, yeah, it, it it takes time because you're so I'm so ingrained to like PC graphics. It looks so good. The game looks so nice. And then you go in the quest and it's certainly a change, but it's just, uh, you know, it's so easy to forget that sometimes that it's just on a mobile platform and you can take it anywhere. Yeah, and it's funny because yeah. at the beginning of the show you said, oh, you know, you're, you've been reaching for your Quest 2 more than your Index. And I've certainly felt the same way, you know, just recently. You know, it, I don't know what it is because like, you the know... barrier to entry, right? Yeah. To yeah. a certain degree, yeah. You know, and, and like, you know, for, for Squadrons, we played online multiplayer, you know, with Zim and a few other VR content creators uh, a, a couple of weeks back. And I did use the index for that, but it was purely because of a battery uh, concern that I was going to run out of battery when we were playing together, you know, streaming wirelessly. But now I've got like the, you know, the battery uh, strap ordered, you know, it is coming, although it is delayed because I think there's a shortage of them. You know, that won't be a problem necessarily in the future. And I think the Quest 2 will probably be my go-to headset for everything. Um, but how did that sort of transition from then sort of Twitch streamer uh, that was like really in love with Onward? Um, how does how did that sort of transition into getting involved with the the VR Master League and and how did that all come about? It's it is all tied together. You know, I started do uh, the Twitch streaming and Onward was really the passion, and it was. I mean, I played in the first iterations of the VR Master League. You know, I, when we were initially just putting it together as something that we wanted to. It came together because as a community, we wanted to play each other competitively. I right. wanted to play with the same five and sort of hone in strats and then play against somebody else that had done the same thing. And so it, it was just for us, you know, like we made the VRML for the onward folks because we just wanted to play some good onward. We just wanted to play some competitive onward and more people started to stream. They started to stream their perspectives of playing games. And so I started to get more and more FPS views available that I could, oh, I can watch this person play against this person. I would then take those FPS views, crop them into a, you know, corner, corner, put me in the bottom right, and try and cast over those FPS views before we had spectator anything. You know, and it, that's where it really originated from, was me just pulling in 
these first person views from players and casting over them. And I remember comments like, why are you on the screen? No one wants to see you behind a desk. You should get out, you know. And I stuck to the guy, you know, I was like, look, I'm going to do what I want to do. This is my show. It's on my channel. I'm going to I'm going to be featured on it, you know, but yeah. I stuck to that to that system, and then finally we got Spectate, and pretty much as soon as Spectate was introduced, I think around season two, uh, maybe late season one, uh, it, that was when it was like, oh, there's more we can do now. I can actually mm. go in and cast this. More people recognizing, hey, I can go in and Spectate games and cast them. And so once I started to do that, then the interest from other people started to spark up, you know, and, and, and in the early days, admittedly, I wasn't as fundamental in its growth. It was really just the organic community, uh, growing it, you know, people saying, Hey, I want to stream and, and, you know, Dak and the leader of the, the VR going, sure. Yeah. Hey, here's the keys to the castle, you know, go ahead, <laughs> stream on our channel. We just want games to be covered. And, uh, it, it, it grew over the course of four years into something that is now like, uh, we're quite a force, you know, we have, 20 cast we have uh, no 15 casters for onward i think we're pushing wow. over 15 for echo arena we're trying to stand up the pavlov casting team now because they have gotten spectate uh you know into a more passable state and so uh mm-hmm. yeah i mean it really has grown into something that is in an organization you know and it's taken yeah. us it's been a long time to get it to where it is, but it's, it's been a while. It's been fun. You know, that's, that's, that's the origin story is that I started streaming FPS views. And from there, uh, which just kind of slowly grew, I'd say around season five was when we really started to get things together. And it's, it's wow. awesome that you've all come together because like, I take it you were playing against like random teams and you were just destroying them and the competition just wasn't there. <laughs> is that right? <laughs> I mean, yeah, if you put, <laughs> things are different now but if you put anyone that plays in the league into a pub lobby they're gonna have a good time you know what i mean those league <laughs> yeah. players uh they, they're very honed in and skillful in the game and yeah i mean you're basically just it came to the point where you know i'm i'm trying i'm sprinting at the enemy trying to murder all five of them before they can even get anywhere you know and it, at that point you're like yeah, i'm kind of ruining the experience for these people <laughs> i'm just like kind of coming up onto them and murdering them before anything happens they have no idea what's happening yeah, they quit the problem. lobby like, yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like when we play with viper that's what happens yeah um no. but maybe you can explain like you know on a, on a level like how how different are, are like pro players compared to like general players like what is it that makes them so much better is it like reaction times is it like you know what is it that makes them better commitments yeah there's a lot uh that i can un- tackle just that question you know it's i i think at the vrml there is a very wide range Mm -hmm. admittedly the way that it's structured is it's all based off of a mmr system so if you win a game you gain mmr if you lose a game you lose mmr right so if you are a new team you play three placement matches against low you know bronze level teams and if you do well you play against us kind of like if you're playing league of legends placements you get matched accordingly right at the end of that you get assigned a mmr and so then you're getting paired with teams that are supposed to be similar skill rank to you so there's actually from top to bottom you know we have teams that put in five hours of practice a day you know they're on free roam they are they are (laughs) they're killing they're, pract- they're, they're putting in scrims every day. They're, they're organizing with other teams to play against. They're honing in their strategies. They're, they're Wait, going what into... What is a scrim? A scrimmage is... Uh, it's a scrimmage. For, for the non-pro Yeah, yeah, thanks. It's, uh, yeah. it's basically like a... a um, 
like a, a match casual... between two te- yeah, a casual match between two teams. So you still yeah. get mm-hmm. the uh, the practice in. You still get the ability to play it competitively, kind of like old school VRML. Just it's like mm-hmm. the origins. That's kind of why we did it. But um, you know, it, at the same time, you don't have the pressure of if we lose, we're going to go down in rank. And so it's yeah. it's a little less intense, and you can kind of focus more on let's try a new strategy here. Let's try moving here differently. Let's try placing a spoke in this position versus that. Gives you a little bit of room to practice. But, uh, you know, from top to bottom, there's a wide skill range. So I would say, you know, at the top, again, guys that, like myself, have put over 1,200 hours into the game. Wow. You know, yeah. if you are a new player, there's no chance you're, you're competing against them. And that's a fact. You, yeah. you can't. And, and I'm not going to, not gonna, you know, <laughs> you know uh, be light around the, the subject. That's just how yeah. it is. At the same time, at the bottom of our, of our pool, down at the bronze, it's filled. And I tell you, filled with new quest players there right. is a ton of people that have come into this game and really enjoyed it out the gate they see oh there's a competitive scene oh there's prizing to it and they sign up and they get matched and so there is a very wide range from top to bottom of skill base uh, in the vrml and mm-hmm. all of the leagues and that's one of the things i like the most about it <laughs> yeah that's good yeah is that's that right. you know if you no matter what skill level you're at you can get in you know obviously some people in Echo recommend, you know, getting up to at least level 30 or 40 before you start to try and play the game competitively because you have to get the fundamentals down. You know, I, yeah, right. I recommend the same with Onward. You put in your time to get the fundamentals before you try and get to that next level. But, I mean, that's what all these guys are doing. And it's uh, it, there's there's quite a big skill gap, admittedly. Yeah. But uh, it's not to deter anyone from playing and having a good time in the league. And do you think as well, like, you know, we when we talked about VR esports in the early days, it was all about like, oh, you know, like VR esports players are going to be like proper athletes, you know, because it's so physical. There's so there's so much physicality to playing like a VR game. Do you, do you yeah. see that as well in like these games like Onward and like Lone Echo? Is there a big physicality element to it? Yeah. And I mean, if you look at if Lone Echo is I mean, Echo Arena is really the one that's the the most physical esport. You know, you right. are jumping, you are <laughs> there's there's a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of arm movement. The throwing is very physical. It's uh it's it's wild to watch. And I still definitely stand by the fact that yeah, these the, the esports players have to be fit. And I think one thing we're seeing too, I mean obviously with the quest is a lot of a younger audience. You know, a lot more people that are 13, 14, 15 that are starting to play in the league. Mm. And that's going to be a factor. You know, these, these kids are, are quick. They have, they, (laughs) as an example off the top of my head, if you were to get shot and you instantly laid on your floor in onward, you could fake a death that way. You could pretend that you had been shot and someone stopped (laughs) shooting at you. I'm an, I'm almost 30. I'm not going to go prone on, I'm not going to dive onto my floor. You need to come from so high as well. Like, (laughs) yes, true. I'm, I'm, I'm I'm high up there. I got to go all the way down. And so, uh, you know, I, there's going to be inherent advantages to a younger audience, to a younger player base as well, just because of the physicality of it all. So, you know, I, I, we're starting to see it a little bit in Onward because we've been around the longest with that. But I mean, also Echo, you're seeing the young players really play it well. They are they are yeah. very good at this game and, and uh, so- it's exciting. Like, do you um, do you see more and more genres becoming an esport? Because in the mainstream scene, there are so many different uh, ways of, of, you know, you have esports where people uh, play Street Fighter against each other. And then you have people who play Rocket League. And then you have, you know, there's so much different. Well, in the VR scene, it's now shooters. And, of course, you have Echo. That is like, is it like disc golf 
basically, it's or what is it? Yeah, like this. I mean, that's a good. <laughs> it's a, no. I, I'm glad you bring that up because it is something that the VRML has been looking to expand themselves into as well. But you've seen it already with uh, other organizations. They've put on events that have you know been pro with ProPut. They've been with Synth Riders. They've been with Beat Saber. Mm. They've done stuff with Walking Dead. You know, you can do leaderboard based esports. You know, it's. For me, I come from uh, playing collegiate baseball, so I, I have the like, very deep competitive nature just like burned into me, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, and so I see games and I'm like, okay, you got to play this at a very competitive level. It's got to be team. It's got to be visceral. You know, you have to be communicating and have that sort of, you know, level of communication. But it, you don't, you know, there are, there are other spaces to explore. Absolutely. You know, I, you've seen pistol whip tournaments go on, you know, there are other avenues mm-hmm. that are untapped markets, you know, in the VR esports space, in mm-hmm. my opinion, you know, these companies that could be hosting events or, you know, reaching out to the VRML to host their events, you know, we could, we could put on a great shows for a couple of these games that could but have, do, you know, these leaderboard competitions. But do you think that, that, um, because I sometimes see developers trying to make their games in like an esport by throwing a lot of money at it. But in the end, it's yeah. the community, right, who picks what game becomes an esport. Uh, I mean, Onward has been chosen by the community. It's not that Dante was like, hey, let's uh, put a prize here because I want my game to be an esport. Uh, yeah. it, it's like natural growth that you talk about, I think. Yep. And I think the thing that we do, that we try and do with the VRML is really suss out which ones are going to have that community. You know, we try and find, OK, what new what new games are going to have the community that we can stand up a nice competitive esports scene around? Because mm-hmm. we... It's it's all community run. You know, I don't do I don't run the Echo Arena casting scene. That's done by Palador. He is deeply infused in that community. You know, there we that that entire uh, Echo Arena mod team is players and people that are deeply infused in the Echo Arena community. You know, and so any game we go to that we want to expand to, we make sure that it is community first. And I think that's what sets us apart from any other esports organization. An esports organization is not going to come into you and go, hey, look, we want you guys to run it. We're going to mm-hmm. give you a platform, run the show. It just doesn't happen. But we offer that as sort of our grassroots style of how we mm-hmm. bring up esports. You know, and so, I mean, I guess a little inside scoop. I, 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 hate, I hate that it's another shooter because you said it, but a snapshot VR, definitely one that I have an eye on. Uh, it's basically paintball and VR. Uh, they can port professional paintball maps into the space and you can play, you know, it, it, it's really something. It's completely different than Onward mm-hmm. or any other shooter because you are playing paintball. It's very much like paintball. You're feathering the trigger. You're, you're putting down lanes of fire. You're trying to dodge stuff. It looks rudimentary, but, you know, it's stuff like that where we're trying to keep an eye on early on, you know, new games, games that are being developed by, you know, uh, indie, uh, indie developers and then trying and uh, finding out if those can be good esports mm-hmm. scenes. One of, one of the cool ideas that, I mean, came out that's kind of along those lines, and Athey is some, one, of, one of our casters suggested, let's do a, a speedrun competition for Lone Echo. You know, let's cast Lone Echo speedrunning. And it's like, mm-hmm. hey, yeah, they do that for GDC. Why can't we do it at the VRML? You know, there's, there's so yeah, we, we are certainly looking into doing other things like that. You also see uh, arena-based VR come more to life, where it's like room, like a complete like warehouse scale where people fight yeah. each other. Of course, right now it's kind of difficult, but... I mean, you know, it's not there's there's an e, there's an EU company that is building arenas around. A, I don't know what game it is. It's a game developed. For, I wish I could remember the name of the company off the top of my head. 
but they build these arenas that are then designed so that you are pl- wearing a backpack PC mm. and you're and you're physically moving in the space and people are then watching it. They have the screen in the center as a square. That I see as sort of like that's like the pinnacle mm. of the future of esports. You know, obviously that takes way more work. You know, you're gonna have to have the quests synchronizing with each other. Onward has to develop it to do that. You have to yeah. scale your maps accordingly. The logistics of it are obviously, you know. Not there yet, but that's what I envision the future I've, as. I've seen this when I when I went to China last time. Um, there was this one uh, arcade who did a lot of esports because mm-hmm. they were all about warehouse scale VR, and there was someone standing there with a microphone doing the commentary with like on the big screen the players with this nice spectator cam, while mm-hmm. also seeing the people running around in this you know actual space. So it is happening, but yeah, it's going to be interesting to see more genres coming to VR because usually when you think about esports VR, it's usually like shooters, but I, I think we're going to see as you said like golf. Like yeah. yep. <laughs> that, that sounds great, you know? nicely. That actually brings us nicely to a question we got from the chat. There was uh, at Roy who asked us what to or I'm I'm assuming uh, for you Alex, uh, what do you see the future of consumer VR uh, go to? Well, that's an interesting question because I feel like at uh, at really a fundamental level, the VR like we are tapped into a a large portion of the community. You know, we have branding and stuff in Onward that shows, hey, go to the VRML. You know, people are seeing VRML when they load in Onward. They're seeing it when they load into Echo Arena, and so we in the VRML have seen a monumental growth from the Quest player base, like quadruple our player numbers. Mm-hmm. You know, wow. It, it, it's and that is just that was when the quest one launched since then it's been non-stop growth basically the quest kicked off a upward swing that we have not seen go down because quest two has come out now and so that right. has continued this momentum mm. and it's just wild to see that these two platforms seemingly dominate the player base you know yeah. like the quest and quest two that's where most of the players are from what mm-hmm. i can tell you know mm-hmm. it's it yes i know the pc base is there i'm, I'm not <laughs> not you know <laughs> saying that they're not i'm not saying that course, they don't deserve to have their pc games but it's just yeah. clear that this ease to access is what's the most important but you're totally right to way more players you're totally yeah. right because yeah, but- like if, if you look at us you know as content creators and also this podcast today you know most of the news and most of the content that we're all creating at the moment is quest related and that and it isn't because we don't love pc vr because that's totally not the case you know we love pc vr and that's how we all started in this space but it's just like you can't deny the sheer amount of numbers and interest in the new headset compared to pc right now you know if, if i was to if we were to talk about a load of pc related news i'm sure like a hardcore community would be happy but you know it's not going to appeal to the to the masses and i think that's the same with uh, going to be the same with yeah. vrml right mm-hmm. yeah have a- absolutely go ahead Rick, sorry no, no, go ahead. No, it's it's just, you know, it's... And now I get really excited, too, because we were talking about it earlier, but the Quest 2 is really, in my opinion, the first competitive VR headset since the Rift S. Or not the Rift yeah. S, excuse me, since the Rift CV1 right. with four CV1. sensors. Mm-hmm. You know, they have not introduced a headset that I could comfortably go, yes, let's run a tournament with these. Right. You know, let's run a tournament with a Rift S. Let's run a tournament with a Quest. I couldn't in good conscience do that because... They had their hiccups, you know, they had their tracking issues. I honestly think if we have good lighting in the proper space, we could do a Quest 2 tournament. You know what I mean? I think you could host a tournament around these devices because they are competitively viable now. And so you add that on top Mm -hmm. of, you know, the fact that we're already growing from the Quest player base. So 
it's it's an exciting time it's going to be great to watch people play with the quest 2 not only uh from just your screen watching a live stream but also when physical things can happen again i mean we we remember uh watching you know onward at connect i've never seen vr esports before Uh, i was like wow this is amazing yeah exactly but imagine imagine if you have or you know people standing on the spot with their quest 2 having some space because i mean it's wireless and stuff or even where it is an arena that with, where we played, you know, Dead and Buried in mm-hmm. VR. Imagine yeah. people then running like a, around a with a holographic these... overlay on yeah, there. Yeah, dude, like, so you can that see would be it. amazing. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. The cost of the, we have the a cost of a pop-up question. tournament would be pretty low. If you think about it, uh, even back from the CV1 perspective, it, you're probably a 4 or 5x factor of cost. Now, less. I mean, you're like, you're a fraction. You're probably 20% of the outlay. And that mm. means you can just host a pop-up tournament, grab a community center somewhere, grab a couple of laptops, and boom, you, you've got a pop-up setup, and you could stream it. You could have commentators there yeah. well, for a couple of grand. And you're good. Not right now. <laughs> not right now. Well, not right now. No. Yeah. <laughs> Go on, Rowdy. What are the questions from the chat? Yeah, we have a few more questions, actually. We had uh, Fabster asking uh, Alex, uh, what are your thoughts on Solaris? You know, so this kind of, I guess, feeds into a question that you asked me, Nathie. Are, are developers making their games to be played as an eSport? Mm-hmm. And I don't know, you know, because I see games like Solaris. I see games like Pop 1 come out. And out the gate, we physically can't do eSports. I, I, mm-hmm. Without a spectate and without private lobbies, you can't run a competitive tournament. It's just right. not possible. Mm-hmm. And so... Without those two features, like we can't do anything, you know, we can, but it's like, I have to go back to the days of me cropping FPS views together and queuing (laughs) at the same time on matchmaking, you know? And so I think like sometimes these key features are missed, but I, but they do oftentimes seem get re you know, implemented later down the line. Cause at the same time, you don't want to split your player base. You don't want to have people get fractioned off into their own private lobbies. You want to encourage everyone to be in the same matchmaking Mm. queue so I understand the logic behind it to some extent, but it does make it challenging for us at times to do esports mm-hmm. scenes around it. So I think Solaris a, has potential, but ahead, there's I think Solaris has potential, but there's no I don't think there's private lobbies in, in there yet for us to organize. No. I think, I think what yeah. you're what you're touching on here in general, games need to be shown better on screen. Even even if it's yeah. not an esport. I mean, if a consumer wants to play this oh, yeah. game, you want to get them excited for it. But if it's getting shown in this funny, funny field of view or whatever. Yeah, it doesn't work, I mean, you know? Let's get into the weeds of it, Nathy. I love it, man. Yeah, there is so much <laughs> that has to go on when you're thinking esports. And I think one of the things that you'll look at two, two contrasting opinions very clearly. ESL likes to do FPS views because they are used to 2D shooters. They're used to having a very stable first-person view, a very clean reticle in the center, and that's how you really capture yeah, yeah, yeah. the action. Yeah. It doesn't really work so well we in VR, actually- you know? And so... And so with VR, with what we try and do is focus on spectating from the outside. You know, we don't do a lot of FPS view and we focus on capturing the player more from a third person perspective that lends itself to also showing off the VR, you know, movement, everything about VR that you want to see in a 2D, you know, in the real space. You at least get a feel for it when you can see it from a third person perspective. You can see the person crouching or reloading or, you know, radioing onto their shoulder, you don't necessarily get that in an FPS view. And so, yeah, like we're ta- we talk about framing, we talk about the, the rule of thirds and trying to get the camera to show the action appropriately, and there's a lot that goes into it. 
Yeah, I think that uh, that you you probably already answered the next question as well because uh, we had GamerChick13 asking, do people give Alex respect for how difficult his job is <laughs> or do people still <laughs> see what he does as just a hobby? Um, a little bit of, you know, I've been getting a lot of respect. I, I got called a procaster the other day for the stuff I've done in Pop 1 and it's the first time that I've been called a procaster. Uh, awesome. <laughs> yeah. uh, and it took me, I was like, uh, yeah, I guess I'll, you could call me a pro. Sure. You know, I think I've put in enough hours where I could say that I could consider myself one. But I, I get it a lot from the OGs, you know, from the guys that have been in Onward for four years that have been around for a long time. They know who I am. They know I've used to play. I get I get the disrespect from the younger guys because they don't know that I can take them on one v one any moment. OK, yeah. I'm still good at the game. <laughs> OK, I still got the fire. I still got the shots. OK. Don't come and challenge me on, on my skill set. It's still there very much. All right. But uh, no, it's yeah, it's hard. You know, we have there's there's 15 things going on at once. If you're running a if you're running an onwards, if you're running a VRML show, you're mm-hmm. running the production, you're doing casting, you're running cams, you're talking to your co-caster, you're making sure you're not you're on the right scene. You make you're checking chat. You're checking out of the Twitch chat. You know, mm-hmm. Mike, I mean, you're running mm-hmm. a show right now. It's a lot well, to do, zip, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, who knows? I don't know who the product producer yeah. is. It's very good. See, this is all part of the magic. You got to hide is. it. And that's what we try. That's what we do. <laughs> that's what we do. We hide it. We make it look easy, you know. It's that's exactly right. challenging. That, that's it, yeah. That's right. Uh-huh. It's funny you mentioned about games that, you know, um, that come out the gates as like, uh, you know, VR sport, eSports ready, you know. And it's interesting because I didn't even consider the fact that, you know, without private lobbies or spectator modes that you wouldn't even consider Pop 1 or Solaris. And I wonder, yeah. like, do you have any open dialogue with these developers to say look you know we'd love to cast your game but it just we need these fundamental features before we can do that that is one of the key things again you go back to community that the vrml focuses on we go to developers first before we try and stand up an esports scene we want to go to them and say hey can we get your blessing on this do you have anything that you would want to you know maybe provide us some in-game uh you know branding something like that is there anything you can do to help us that we can Mm -hmm. then go and grow your scene more around Mm. Um, and so, yeah, we're very much in direct contact with developers. I've talked to some of the developers at Big Box for Pop One about some of the stuff they could do for a spectate feature. You sure. know, they're very much aware of the need to have that in if they want to do tournaments, and they very much do. You know, you can it, Pop One has the vibe of yeah, let's. I mean, obviously the battle royale style. Let's do tournaments mm. around it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so you know, you, but yeah, you need spectate, and you need it too deep. It, it's it's challenging to do. You can watch the. I don't know if you if you showed it, Zim, but the clip of me spectating Pop One. It's janky a little bit. You know, my headset is moving around. It's tough to capture first person views in a headset cleanly unless it's done externally. Unless yeah. you have that additional little bit of tweaking in the capture that's making it mm. smooth. It just yeah. looks it just looks rough, and so yeah, you know, two D spectate definitely makes that easier. So I've got so, a couple couple questions, just quickly. Um, so what happened? What, what in your opinion, what happened to Space Junkies? Because that was a game that came Space out the gates that was kind wow. of like very much VR esports like in mind. <laughs> Um, wow. And, you know, we kind of touched on our thoughts on it. You know, was it the high price? Because it was like $40, I think, is straight out of the gates. Yeah. But it was a game that was almost perfect for for VR esports, right? Mm-hmm. So what, what happened with that game? Why did it die? It is very much, in my mind, been branded as a thing. You know, this is, your game can get space junkied. You know, Space Junkies came out and had everything. It had a great UI, had a great menu, great tutorial, all of the functionality you'd need. The gameplay was good, but it was there wasn't a lot at the core of it. You know, when you think of a esport, there has to be more than just one or two mechanics. And I think that games like Space Junkies 
really excelled in those one or two mechanics, but they didn't have much more depth than that. Ultimately, when it came down to it, you're shooting your opponent in zero G, which is good, but they're if you really want to get down to something that's more competitive, there has to be a bit more there. Like when I think right. of Onward as a perfect example, I, I, I hate going back to it. I'm sure the Echo fans are mad at me for talking about Onward so much. Um, <laughs> but it's just a good example in my mind right now is that smoke grenades are in a pretty bad spot logistically wise. They are not, they are not being, they don't act how they're supposed to uh, essentially. The devs have addressed this and they're it's hopefully going to be fixed down the line, but we have, and the VRML have had to ban smoke grenades. Right. That has completely changed how all of these teams are playing the game now. So mm. we have taken one utility item away, right. and it has affected how all of these teams play. And so Onward has 10 of those. You know, you have flashbangs, you have different guns, you have silencers, you have smokes. There's all kinds of different utility that gets factored in that mm. can end up changing how you play. And so if you don't have all those different tools and different sort of, yeah. you know, just more than a base mechanic, it doesn't it's going to be tough to succeed, you know? And again, yeah, the high price, probably something that's deterred away the space. I do wonder if crew. they would come out now on the Quest 2, mm -hmm. how different it would be. Oh, they would sell a lot. For 20 but, bucks? Yeah. For yeah, 20 yeah. or 25 that bucks? That would be a, yeah, a fairly so, cheap price now. Well, so, I think uh, you'd have what Solaris is, essentially. Solaris, in my eyes, is a space junkies. If they can mm -hmm. get private lobbies and they can maybe start an esports scene around it, you can really start to grow the community around that. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's it looks great. It runs great. It has everything you need. But there's just a I just feel like maybe there's one or two things missing. Maybe another mode needs to be in there. You know, maybe like one or two more guns. You know, it's just like I don't I don't know what it needs. But um, I don't know. There's just a, a a feeling I get sometimes with some of these games. Yeah, where you, they could have used more. Sure. So um, something I'm wondering too, like. If you're again, like if you compare like the mainstream, like esports mainstream is huge, you know, yeah. in VR, it's still a niche, like almost everything in VR, uh, mm -hmm. no offense. Um, but the the thing is, like usually with with esports, what you see when people sit in these arenas or you have small tournaments, there are a lot of sponsors, you know, sponsors are a big part of the whole like esports industry. So how do you reach out to brands that are used to working with, um, you know, people who play, let's say, a pancake games, um, but then it's like, listen, VR is quite relevant or look at the potential it has mm -hmm. and trying to kind of sell that idea to those companies and trying to get them on board because there are some big ones, I'm sure like Corsair and others, like you want PC brands, you want maybe Monster Energy or whatever. There's so many, um, but they, I don't think they know that much about VR yet. So how do you... You know, uh... it's that's like a it's a twofold really thing that needs to happen. Obviously, we need to keep having the growth that's happening right now. You know, I personally, I mean, hey, you're, you're transitioning great into a bunch of stuff that I want to talk about. We have an arena charity cup going on at Echo Arena in a couple hours from now uh, over on VRMasterLeague.com, uh, twitch.tv slash VRMasterLeague. One of our sponsors for that tournament is HyperX. They have they came in and said, look, we want to start to get into the VR space. We want to be a sponsor for some VR games. Mm -hmm. We want to start to be in, involved in here. And so, you know, there's I think obviously I'm optimistic. I'm hoping that we can really lock them in as a full, as a full VRML sponsor down the line. You know, that would be the dream. Yeah. But uh, I mean, it's sort of it's starting now. You know, I think now I mean, geez, we have over 300 registered teams for Echo Arena. Wow. We have wow. we have gone from 300 players to 900 and onward. Mm -hmm. You know, it, we are mm -hmm. rapidly growing our user base, and I think I think that draws the attention. 
that draws the eyes of some of these companies and they go, oh, wow, okay, this yeah. is starting to finally take off. It's starting to finally garner numbers yeah. that are that are reasonable. You know, we, we, we at some of our top events, we're pushing 200, 300 viewers live. You know, we're now we're now in Oculus venues where we're doing Sunday and Saturday shows of Echo Arena and onward. And you can go and watch the thing on the quest. You know, we're appealing to a whole different user base uh, in that venue space. And it piles on to our already, you know, the Twitch use the Twitch viewers, the, the YouTube mm. viewers, the Facebook viewers. And, um, you know, it's we're, we're I, I, it's starting, I guess is what I'm saying. You know, we're, yeah, we're yeah. starting to have those people come to us. Yeah. And go, hey, look, you're this is something that we want to attach ourselves to. We want to sponsor. Outside yeah. of that, we've acquired already a, a significant amount of sponsors. You know, we've gone to ProTube and said, hey, we like your stuff. Yeah. Can you give us prizes? We've gone to VR cover. We've gone to Rebuff Reality. Some of these companies have come to us yeah. and said we want to sponsor tournaments like Cyber Shoes did or we did the VIP tournament. Mm-hmm. You know, and so uh, we get asked a little bit. And, uh, you know, admittedly, I don't do a lot of the reaching out. We have a, a decent, we have a good structure from top down in the VRML. I am the casting coordinator. I, my expertise is casting and, and being involved in standing up the casting teams around our leagues. But we have guys that are good at marketing dudes that, you know, posting on social media, all that stuff. And, uh, I think they're the ones that are, are trying to reach out on the side through email saying, Hey, look, we got this, we got that. Yeah. Try, try to sell the future of esports. Yeah, and I mean, you know, the dream really is if we if we find an angel investor, you know, someone that that want mm. that really believes in our vision and the future of the VR, and you know, from there we'd actually have some some real true power funding to go and mm. you know pay all of pay our volunteers and pay pay out bigger prize pools with bigger. I mean, you talked about it, right? With bigger prize pools, that's when you garner more eyes. That's when you garner yeah. eyes outside of the space, you know? Because right now there is no one uh, doing something full-time in the VR esports scene. It's not like uh, players are, you know, uh, paying their rent of uh, playing <laughs> onward or someone casting. And that's not, that's not, we're not there yet. No. And you know, it's, it's, we're starting to see organizations sprout up though. You know, we are starting to see, you know, these, these groups that are, have managers and have coaches and are taking it very seriously because they recognize that this is the future. They know that, that we're growing and that we want to go down. We want to eventually get to that space where we're in an arena and mm-hmm. we're hosting a VRML, you know, a, a event that's in a, a full, you know, fully packed crowd. You know, that's that's the future that we're going, we're trying to move to, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, it takes time. And again, go back to the key element of just it being adoption you know we're seeing it now it is finally starting in my opinion you know we have been positioning ourselves for four years as a as an esports company to be ready for growth to be ready for a boom and i think it's starting actually does that growth also bring with it alex uh, uh, uh an element of risk then because if if it grows too fast don't you find yourselves in a position where you're you're understaffed i mean how, how do you end up growing the you know, the VR ML kind of group uh, as, yeah. as it stands today, because, it, you know, you need those years, you need the experience, you need people you can trust, you can rely on not only to run these events, but I, I feel like, you know, with, with such a, a bottom heavy pyramid coming in now, especially with Quest 2, I mean, the next three months are going to be killer for you guys, I imagine, yep. but that actually brings with it also a requirement to scale up and yep. fast so you must yep. be on the prowl for, you know, where does, where does somebody show their interest if they want to be a caster, if they want to get involved in this? Yeah, so we do, it, it varies between org and onward. We you typically recruit casting during the off season because we like to train up our casters. We give, you know, we, we, we teach them how to run all of the assets. We teach them 
what good camera tactics are. We teach them, you know, stuff that you want to say in cast, what a co-caster does versus a caster, that sort of stuff. Um, but there is, we have a website. You can go to vrml.com. Uh, usually there we have you posted, you know, applications that you can register if you want to be a moderator, if you want to be a caster. And again, usually those only up, open up during off season. So I think, again, uh, mod, 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 uh, mod apps for Echo Arena are going to be opening up soon. I could be wrong on that, but I think they are since we're looking to start back up with season three. Um, you know, so to your point, though, we've been lucky. It's I, 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 I really, it's, it's luck and it's just a good, it's just good VR people, you know, like, I don't know what it is, but the VR community seems to just be so on board. You know, they, they recognize our passion right away. Most of the time when we have sit down meetings with the communities, they say, oh, look, these guys have no malicious intent. They just want to grow the VR esports scene. And that really is all we want to do. We just want to give a platform to people to grow it. And when you offer that kind of generosity, you're typically going to find at least two or three people that'll give you a really good effort. And really help you sort of build a foundation around a community to sort of build that esports scene. And so, you know, with growth, we've been doing good. I mean, we've been tested already in that sense. You know, we've gone from 30 Echo teams to 200 over the course of season one to two. You know, with that, we are now taking a longer break between two and three. We're taking community feedback. We're processing that all, all through moderation. We're going to try and adjust the format accordingly for season three. And it's a lot of work. I, I, yeah, I admit. But, you know, it's... It's also passion. A lot of, we love esports. The players love the game they play in, and so it's you know you just give them something to to, to grow from, and and oftentimes the community really runs with it, and that's what makes mm. us so unique. So, I, so I think I think there's a big chance um, VR esports when it you know takes off um, is going to take over um, the the regular uh, mm. esports uh, stuff because it's more exciting to watch. I'm not saying that I do not enjoy people playing CS:GO next to each other, but with yeah. VR, it's you know as Rowdy also said, we have mixed reality. We have all these tools yeah. that if you throw that in there, it's like you're you're really watching the future. Uh, also with the physicality so, of it all absolutely yeah, true 100%. but there's so much yeah. that that is just next level that you can't get when you're playing a pancake title well and i mean to expand on that too for the players it's good you know you, you don't get this level of camaraderie in a 2d game you know you don't get that level of hey i'm going to give you a hand motion to go to oh, move no. left or <laughs> you know i'm gonna i'm gonna give you a high five after a good round in the game you know you just don't get that when you're playing the 2d game and then when you end up do meeting these people in real life, it's like you've already met them. It's like you've yeah. already been their friend in real life because you've physically been interacting with them for years already, mm -hmm. you know? And yeah. so it's just, yeah, it's without a doubt where the future is. And I think that I, look, I, I know I've talked a lot. I said VRML probably too much already, but I, I truly believe in what we're doing on the VRML. And I think that will be the one that does bring VR into that mainstream. I think the model that we have is 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 ripe for growth you know if we can find people that believe in our vision and investors that want to help us grow it it's i only see us going up and uh it's i think the model we have scales i really do you know i think that we can scale to the growth that that is going to come in from quest 2 and you know 
to that point, hey, if you want to be involved in the VRML, <laughs> we'll, we'll sign up soap and come join us. We need, we, we want all the help we can get. Well, I think that kind of leads me on to my like final two questions. Really, is like what what VR games are like uh, hosted by the VRML at the moment, and how can people like that are maybe like really into VR, uh, sorry, uh, traditional gaming esports that maybe just bought a Quest Two, how can they get into the VRML and start playing competitively online with others? Yeah, absolutely. I mean. They, there are six, five active uh, games right now. We have uh, Echo, uh, three actually, excuse me, active. But we've done more than three. <laughs> but we have sure. uh, currently Echo Arena, Pavlov VR, and uh, obviously Onward going as our, as our three main titles for the uh, VRML. Right. Uh, and so if you want to get in any of those, it's real easy. You, know, you just go to VRML.com. You'll see there that there's uh, big pictures of the game that you want to play. You select that game. And then you register an account and you can register for a team. We have all sorts of different ways you can play. If you want to get in, get in initially, I recommend you join the Discord first and then you join as a reservist. And what this does is it puts you into a reservist pool. Right. And so you can be, if you are, uh, if a team is in need of a player, they can ping the reservist and say, hey, we need a substitute for our match. Can anyone join? If you're available and you have the right rank, you can join that team and play for them. And sort of get your feet wet in playing yeah. in the VRML. You know, that's that's the initial step, really, is be a reservist. Then maybe you find a team you like playing for. Maybe that team likes you and they recruit mm -hmm. you. Maybe you want to create your own team with a couple of guys that you've played with in the past. It's real easy to just register on the site for a team, make your team active, and when the season's live, you'll get scheduled with a weekly match uh, that's based off of the MMR rating. It's, nice. it's, it it's, is like, really it's like ESL, but the VR version of it. That's basically what you're saying with letters and everything in there. <laughs> I suppose, but uh, the model's different. You know, ESL yeah. ESL structured their tournament format differently, and I think the way that we've structured it really caters to everybody as a player. You know, anybody can play in our league. You don't mm -hmm. have to be a top ten team to get involved. You can be at any skill you level can be a and play. Yep. Yeah. I think I think it's fascinating, you know, as someone that doesn't really understand it very much, you know, I think it's really insightful to have you on the show and talk about it because I do I do think it's really interesting and it's a, it's a niche within VR that, you know, I've 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 been aware of for a long time but you know, I don't really understand the minutiae of it and how it all works. So I think it's been really interesting to have you talk about it. So thank you again for joining us Alex. Yeah. Uh, I'd love to talk to you about it more again in the future so maybe we'll get you back on the show uh, in, in a future episode. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on and just as my as a last bit of esports plug again, head on over to the uh, twitch.tv slash VR Master League for the charity cup tournament that's going to be going on mm -hmm. shortly. And when does that start in, in the next couple of hours? Uh, yeah, 1 p.m. Pacific Standard. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you very much again. So now uh, I think it's time to hand it over to Zim uh, to see uh, what releases we've got to look forward to this week because uh, we had loads last week. So I'm, I'm intrigued about this week. <laughs> Yeah, the uh, Rowdy drained us dry. He did, he did. <laughs> there, there was loads. I was going through it. It was like uh, six or seven titles or something, so it was, it was mm -hmm. mad. Um, we got a couple of things, but I've kept it to three. Um, and the first one you'll all, you'll all hate me for, which is, which is good, because that's the point. Um, so we're going to start off on a Rift S title uh, to show you the quality of what's coming out on Rift S. Uh, it's a game calling, called Descending, uh, which, is, which is dropping by Dungeon Games. Um, now this is the winner, uh, because we're talking about champions here, right? We've been talking about uh, competition. The true champion of October is whoever can release a VR horror game to cash in first, right? <laughs> and we see this every single year. We see uh, two weeks of just barrage, barrage, barrage of VR horror titles. This is the first one. So the Descending for Oculus Rift is $7.99 in pounds, about $10, uh, released on the 15th of October, right there mid-month. 
This is uh, the premise of this game. I'll give it to you. So you just bought a house, but guess what? It came, like most eBay purchases, with a freebie. <laughs> That's right. You bought a haunted iPod. I mean, house. Haunted house. So you bought a haunted house, and uh, you get to discover the secrets of the past of this house. You have to wander around. There's some puzzle elements to it. Um, and you have to face the terror that lurks in the rooms. You can die in this. You can not succeed and uh, die in the game. And I would just is recommend... Is it eBay or is it Wish? It's, I mean... <laughs> um, I would just say just don't watch, don't watch the movie Hereditary before uh, playing this one or you might not sleep that well at mm, night. It's such a boring movie, Jesus. So, <laughs> so I was going to say, um, before we go on to the next release, a short little point about uh, steamy horror games that you might want to find yourself playing. God. Twitch has been blowing up. Given I've got my Twitch buddy from years uh, mm. uh, years ago, Nightfire. I'm going to say his name because your name was getting shouted in uh, in, in chat earlier, <laughs> and I, I, it warmed my heart to see that. Mm. I know you've matured off into something else now, completely different from that original monster. Um, speaking of monsters, uh, Phasmophobia, mm. which is a multiplayer experience, has been doing very well. I've seen so many people jump into it who are not horror people, who are complete wimps and absolutely shitting themselves, which is great fun. Um, I haven't looked at it very much. I haven't seen streams per se, but I've seen all the reactions to it's it. It's insane. And and it's, you, you sh like when you introduced it to us, I was like, what is this for crappy ass title? Yep. And now <laughs> it's like a super big hype. It, it's so same. weird. It, it's it was so like weird. when Zim mentioned it, I was like, this does look really fun. And we did a, a actually plan to yeah. play it. Then yeah. it didn't didn't work out. And then I no. saw PewDiePie play it. And I was like, what the heck is going on? PewDiePie's <laughs> playing this game? Is that, yeah, I, I do tend to know what works on a stream uh, after all my six years, but um, horror stuff like this looked this looked so good and um, it's really killed on Twitch. It's crazy, like 250,000 people mm. playing it or things like that concurrently. Um, so Phasmophobia is one uh, that I would just recommend. That's that's definitely one that if, if, if you want to go and do. Although we played one, which I think has now gone ducked under the radar again uh, as a team. The Devouring. Um, which was the devouring, which is a VR chat experience. Mm. But there's two parts about this. It's first, it's a it's a horror experience that you can play in VR chat on PC, not on Quest. We found that out unfortunately, and Rowdy wasn't able to join us as a result because he was on Quest only at the time. Mm -hmm. But if you've got if you've got three or four people, you can play the devouring, and it is about a six hour end to end experience. And the the, the <laughs> it's not just a horror game. It's also you have to play it in one sitting, yep. which is like an endurance totally game totally as different well. Thing. Yeah, it's it's like an it's like a desert hey, bus. Talk, talk about esports, e man. This one. This one yeah. oh, that's, there you go. I, I would I would totally be up for horror esports, man. We horror should start e something. Yeah. Oh hell yeah, that sounds think. great. Yeah, it would have to be like speed running. We could do speed running horror games. And have people racing against each other. It's I don't want to play that game again. I don't want to play. I do not want to speedrun the devouring. No way. I don't want to play that no. game again. Yeah, but <laughs> when, when when you beat it, you'll you'll be you'll be glad, uh, as glad as we were. And then the third one that I was going to mention, because like PlayStation people don't get enough love. There's a lot of good VR games uh, that are horror based. Of course, Resident Evil Seven. You got Rush of Blood. Right. They've got their smattering. But the one I wanted to highlight, which I think is really. Um, under undersold is the persistence and i say this because a lot of people are stuck at home right now in the current settings but it has a companion app 
that is better developed than I've seen in any horror game across my seven years touching VR. Mm. So um, what the companion app does is you, you're uh, like encouraged as the mobile player to both positively and negatively influence the primary player. Mm. It's, it's really great. Unfortunately, it's LAN only. So it's only people who are on your network. So this would have blown up on Twitch it's ages like, ago, and I've, it, I've talked to them about they it. They should have mentioned this more when it came out, because you were the first one to mention it here on the show that it had yeah. some kind of like app thing going on. Um, yeah. Like the ultimate horror game is still Alien Isolation in VR. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah fair enough. If you're looking for one that you're just going to shit your pants and then... <laughs> that, was, that one's absolutely terrible. Although uh, isn't like Amnesia also coming... To, uh, to VR? No, but there's a new Amnesia coming this no. month, I think, but it's not having VR support. But hey, PD always says, Farpax is your medicine. Yeah, there's that Blair Witch one so, that's coming soon as yeah. well. But there's, oh, there's, there's Blair Witch, yeah. End of the month. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, the, the, look, the thing is, we, this is, as I said, Descending is the first, like, I just laughed because I saw it looking across, like, PlayStation yeah. didn't have anything, you know, um, Quest didn't have anything. I mean, you've got Five Nights at Freddy's, but I'm talking about stuff that lands... <laughs> in October, trying to cash in on the Some quality end. stuff, man. Like, I remember the days where every time Halloween came around, you had, like, some shovelware that no one wanted to play. <laughs> Nathan, but, it's uh, coming. It's coming. Just it's watch coming, Steam. It's, it's coming, trust me. Nice. Um, every nice. developer out there wants to make a quick buck. So <laughs> yeah, true. The, the next one I'm going to show you is an interesting one. Um, I don't know if you guys know this, but the, the developers behind Stride have been working, yeah. I guess, in secret, of on course. another title. Of course. Right? Of course. Joyway. <laughs> so this is uh this next game is called um Time Hacker. And in essence, before we get too excited, I'm gonna say if you if you if you wanted more super hot, well here it is. It's similar mechanics. Mm -hmm. So what is Time Hacker? First off, it's it'll cost you fifteen dollars or twelve pounds. Landed on the sixteenth of October, so it's only just out. And as I said, it's the second early access title. Uh, from the devs who haven't yet completed Stride. So <laughs> that already sends me a little bit of warning signals. Like Marvel's Quicksilver, you have a mechanic here, um, and you can play with time while your enemies are effectively frozen in place. Use your precious seconds to make small but critical changes, and then watch the, the uh, chaos unfold. Three important words here. Chain of destruction. So some of the mechanics, the game mechanics that you have in this game include, uh, for example, flammable barrels, being able to control various vehicles, so like steering a car in a different direction and then letting it unleash its, uh, its wrath. Shockers, dynamite, dodging bullets as they're coming at you. As I said, feels very super hot to me in terms of its aesthetic. Um, but yeah, there you go. If you if you yeah, wanted, well, uh, I've played something very yeah, yeah, to yeah I, know, I know. I uh, wanted to but say I lost the name. Was it Time Brigade or time something? Time Stall. Like time. No time. Uh, Something about traffic. Let me, let me check it out. Wait. But also, like, I, I, <laughs> I, I, like a secret, I, secret agent. Oh, um, uh, just, to... just in time. Just in time. Just in time. Yeah. But I saw this game is releasing in early access, and it's just like, just stick uh, with one game and just I, release that game. This you is said what it before, I said. Nathan. Yeah, yeah, I know. They're making like they they made a lot of games. If you look, if you go to their Steam, for example, their Steam page, they have a lot of other games that they once made that they never finished either that are mm. also in early access. So again. Beware, this is a developer that makes loads of games but never really finishes any, so... Yeah, I, I, we, we actually saw this uh, back with, uh, with Ark. Remember Ark, when Ark kept mm, spinning off oh, its yeah. various versions and they never finalized anything? Um, 
I, I, I see it as a lack of confidence from the developer and I always get nervous at that. If you're back in three or four different trains and you're like, I'm but not going to focus on their, any one. Yeah, but this is their then, business model. That's the but, but problem. The, I know. And I see it a lot of, out of a lot of like VR, like Asian studios and stuff where you, where they're, they're churning out titles. It's like, I'll do a horror title. I'll do a sport title. I'll do an art title. Yeah. And it's like, I'll just wait for one of them to catch on. But the point is, it's like a survivalist thing. If you don't have to struggle to get your app to like be the app it should be, mm-hmm. and and you're just putting kind of lightweight effort into it, I don't think that's the but right it's, path. It's, it's quick money, but uh, in in the long run, people remember the name of the dev studio and are not going to buy the next uh, title. Um, it's it's a bit like Mike once said, with uh, what is it like twelve floors? <laughs> Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> the twelve floors game with only like two floors. <laughs> how, how many did you have by now? You should check on that. It still only has. That's what I'm talking about. Three floors. Yeah. Yeah. It's called same, thirteen same, floors same or something. Story. Yeah. yeah. But it's funny. Like I just don't like the art style of this game either. It just looks like you're fighting these like colossus type characters over and over again. It looks really weird. Like what's gold. with the metal look? <laughs> I don't like it. Yeah. Yeah. I, again, and as someone who is such a devout fan of of super hot, I suppose you'd rather just have a bit more super hot in your sandwich than jamming in some time I back yeah. I, I think I think we're gonna see more super hot on uh, Quest soon because I mean uh, didn't we see the super hot devs sharing also that they were selling loads of copies so yeah. I think I think they're like oh maybe we should bring the you know the new DLC to VR as yeah. well they've got they've optimized yeah. it for Quest 2 as well uh, yeah. so it's yeah. 90 hertz I think I think it, we're gonna see that yeah it's been it's been the fad this week for developers to share of course with no numbers mm-hmm. their little graphs I'm just so tempted to yeah. just put put a graph up that just like shows a spike and just released it on on, on, on Twitter um, the most impressive that I saw I think was from Denny for Pistol Web showing a 10x growth wow. uh, since yeah. the launch of Quest it's insane. insane it's as for us, it's also insane. I don't know. Like I've never seen so many people subscribe to my channel True. in like the last month. So True. yeah, it's the same for me. Yeah, yeah. I hit all time. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, you were on on YouTube and, yeah. and, the, and the podcast as year. well. And the podcast, the podcast well. too. Yeah, yeah. We had um, I think we had a, like around five hundred new people join us in the last thirty days. Yeah, which is yeah. great. Which for the show. Yeah, I had a processor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Stop begging for money, Rowdy. Come on. All right, on to the last one here. Uh, this one comes with no surprise. It is, of course, Big Box's Population One. Uh, 22nd of October, this thing lands for those of you who've been chomping at the bit for it. And trust me, uh, everyone who I've been playing with in games like Onward and Solaris, there's, there's, there's a lot of hype for this game, I can tell. Um, so this one's going to land you for $30, 25 pounds, uh, coming to PC, VR, and Quest. Um, this is a battle royale game. If you don't know what that's about, it's basically last person standing. But um, oddly enough, I do wonder if their title uh, somehow predates their actual game concept because you do fight in teams of three. So generally speaking, at the end of the game, you have three people Population left three. Population three is probably what they should have called this one. Um, population one does sound way more sexy anyway. Yes. Um, so what I was going to say is like this game to me, um, you know, my impressions of it are very much that it's, you know, it's a, it's a $30, not free, Fortnite for VR, um, with the microtransactions in there that some people, you know, for the last week or whatever got a bit kind of upset about. Um, Still am. Still am. <laughs> Rowdy, I'm, Rowdy, I'm you know. I'm going to back down on the that. The only man that hasn't played the game as well. Are the root of all evil. <laughs> oh, you know what? I'll, I'll once do a science episode and explain you about guys population why, one? why it is. Well, I know it, why it is. It's the old pellet thing. But um, what I will say is, so they've mentioned that for population one, right, there are microtransactions in this $30 game for character skins and guns. One of the things is, like a lot of the games that have been launching recently, 
uh, you've actually got like a progression system where you can unlock certain stuff, and then if you want to pay for flashier gear, you can, right? But you fight over the cityscape. I think one of the cool things about the game, every Battle Royale game, either it spawns you in a location, uh, or you um, get dropped in. And this is one of those drop-in games, although you can choose not to drop in. So mm. when you start off, you run to one of these little science pods that looks like something out of uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. And you <laughs> yeah, press the much. launch button, and then you jump off into, into, into the sky, and you pull a ripcord like a trucker, and you drop down with your team. Uh, the VoIP and stuff works quite well. The flying mechanic, you can fly like Flappy Bird if, if that was always your interest. Because let me tell you, VR Flappy Bird, not a good game. Don't do that. Um, <laughs> but I think Population 1 is one of those games that Battle Royale is, is a spectator sport to some extent. Like, um, you, you can play it. It does have a nice uh, in-game kind of, I'll call it dead cam. Uh, so after you die, you can spectate yeah. and watch the other teams. And this brings me back to what Alex was mentioning earlier, where... Oh hey, maybe it doesn't have a discrete uh, a discrete spectator mode. It's in there for the player, and if you want, you can just blam blam shoot your two teammates, jump to a pod, and boom! Now I'm spectating, <laughs> and I can commentate all I like, which I'm sure they were already forming plans to do in this one. Uh, but Population One, you boys have had a chance to play it. Uh, I'm curious to hear. Let's uh, whip around quickly, just let people know should they be putting their money into this game. What do you think of it? Yeah. Very simple, easy to learn, and also quick matches. So if you don't have that much time and you need to also babysit, work, whatever, then this is quick, you know? This is not Battle Royale where you're spending 40 minutes of your life uh, trying to win. This is like just short and easy. And it has bananas too, so yeah, there you go. <laughs> Personally, it, it, go it is not your hardcore uh, Battle Royale shooter. No. You know, it's definitely arcade. a uh, arcade-focused, you know, more easy to enter, easy to get a hang of. They don't want a huge, you know, skill gap, albeit it's very much possible to be there in terms of how well you can build and how you interact with people and how you use the movement. And so I see potential for it uh, as an eSport, but yeah, it's, it's a solid game. It's fun, you know, it, 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 but it's not, again, it's not your, your an onward-esque sort of thing where you're pulling mags off of your hip and putting them into reload and cocking the chamber, you know, mm -hmm. it's, or in aiming with two hands, you're mostly one-handing guns and just kind of trying to fly yeah. around, drop down in on top of them, get the kills. It's a uh, it's a different experience, but it's fun. It's it's a good time. It's for it's for the it's for the new uh, VR consumer yeah. basically. Yep. I, I think it's one of those games that's just got a lot of potential. You know, I think it's, it could go on to do really great things. I think right now it's pretty solid, yep. but it's very casual. And I think if they can ramp up the mechanics, like uh, Alex said earlier, with like uh, space junkies, it lacked that kind of thing that kept you coming back for more that was a little bit more interesting i think if they can yeah. nail that then uh, i think they've got something really uh, exciting well if, 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 they, the if they don't make too much money of the microtransactions they, then they might also make some content yeah <laughs> that's the question <laughs> yeah i like it i mean it's like uh it's an interesting it's an interesting balance i'll be interested to see where it goes yeah. um I, i'm i'm currently wondering if they're ready for launch uh, in its current status. Uh, it feels a little bit early access in terms of the current build, but I do think that in terms of timing, if they wait too long into the holiday season, they might miss you know, some of that, some of that parachute. Yeah, that might so, be the reason why they're launching so quickly. And, and again, like we see it with Solaris as well, they're in, season, in their pre-season launch, uh, and I'm having loads of fun with that. But like yeah. what Alex said, it's a little bit limited, right? If you've only got six maps, if you, yeah. you know, yeah. it, it depends. So yeah. if you like the loop, if you like the game loop and you yeah. end up enjoying it, you're basically playing 30 quid. The one thing I, I got a question for you guys, because I still haven't figured it out. Having gone through like the uh, single player with some bots and then gone to the standard matches, 
I didn't see any of the base building aspects that they were showing that were very Fortnite-esque. Um, uh, are those available in current matchmaking? Because I, I yep. couldn't see them. Just very few people are using it right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know what it is? Yeah, it's, it's all us old oh, fogies God. who are in there, you know, playing this, who aren't accustomed to Fortnite. But when the yeah. Fortnite pros come in, that's, nah, that's going to wreck I, some I, people's I think heads. It's, I think the reason why people are not using it that much is because it, it, the mechanics are still kind of awkward to mm -hmm. use that. Uh, and I think if they if they perfect that more... Um, then and also the fact that right now you can build infinitely, as far as I know. Well, in Fortnite, for example, you have to collect resources. You, you do. do you, you do spend oh, you do? resources oh, you do? once yeah. you're in the game. Yeah. You do. Oh, sorry. Not well, that, that already says enough about me not even knowing how to collect my stuff. But it should yeah. be more. You know, they need to make it more in your face. Um, yeah. I don't know. Well, there you go. So that's Population One, Time Hacker, and Descending. The start of our downward spiral into a pit of hell which is october's steam halloween targeted oh, releases wow so i hope you all look forward to that keep watching the steam page and mm. please you know read the fine text before you buy any of this stuff <laughs> and uh, there are some very good horror titles out for vr now look at some of the old stuff before you maybe grab something that's just popped up on the radar and i think mm. we're planning to do a stream right of phasmophobia at some point we've been trying to organize it yeah. for a little while are we have we got it narrowed yeah. down for next weekend We'll, we'll mention a date. I think we're still working on seeing if we can get a stable, rowdy guy in uh, with us. I, 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 I am positive. I am very positive. I can at least get in there. I might just sometimes crash. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, well, in that case, we've got crash. a date for all of you, which Go is crash. after the next podcast, the day after. So 25th uh, should be around about 7 p.m. UK time. So about an hour yeah. later than the start show normally starts. We'll be streaming that live and you guys can watch us play. Wow. Phasmophobia. It's, it's, it's always better than, like, Rowdy crashing is better than Rowdy playing creepy sounds on Discord trying to scare <laughs> us. So, yeah. I don't know. I kind of enjoyed that. Yeah, I'm sure. Well, there you well, go. That's our, uh, that's our releases for the week, and uh, hope you buy something. Support the VR <laughs> market. Something. There you go. Buy something. Go buy something. <laughs> so, yeah, thanks for uh, joining us live. Thank you, Alex, for joining us. Really appreciate yes. it. I think you've been an awesome guest, and it's been really insightful yeah. to learn more about VR esports. Uh, thank you to all our audio listeners as well. You know, we don't shout you out enough. We do appreciate you all. Uh, just a mm. reminder, this is a weekly VR, AR, and MR talk show live streamed every Saturday on YouTube and Twitch. The show goes live at 7 p.m. in Europe, 6 p.m. in the UK, 12 midday in Central US. Also, go and check out the audio version, which is available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Spotify. Hit the like button and subscribe to the channel for all our future awesome podcasts. And uh, yeah, have a great week in VR. Hopefully we'll come back uh, next week. And like I say, uh, Zim will be streaming Phasmophobia on Sunday. So go and check out Zim's YouTube channel. Uh, I think we've got all our channels linked in the description. So go and check those out. Yeah. Uh, but have a great week in VR. Hope you're all enjoying your Quest 2s. We'll be back on the show next week with more VR news. So until then, take care and bye-bye for now.